Blog Talk Radio. Work it, make it, do it, makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. Not, not, not that that don't kill me, can only make me stronger. I need you to hurry up now, cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now, cause I can't get much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night now, that's how long I've been on ya. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterward. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Oh my God, can I believe it? It's been so long. 288 episodes. Are you kidding me? 288 episodes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue Friday Night Football, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. This is um, an annual tradition. I, I, I keep saying it. It's an annual tradition. We did it. Every, we do, we've been doing it for years, I think since 2008, so it's, you know, it's, it's been quite a while. Uh, and this is the Red versus Blue Show. We're, we're kicking off the second annual online championship fantasy draft for the FFWC live pick-by-pick, play-by-play commentary of a fantasy football world championship draft. And we've got a great lineup tonight of drafters. Uh, let's get right to it. Bada Bing, Jim Garnotti out of the one hole has already drafted. He took Christian McCaffrey. No surprises there. Surf and turf, John Ross. Takes Dalvin Cook. Again, um, no surprises out of the first two picks. And, and, and look, when there's when there's we're putting up three hundred three hundred fifty dollars on the line, you're not going to see a lot of reaches, right? I mean, we see we see some interesting picks year to year, but not you know typically Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. You know what you're getting for them if they can stay healthy, and that's you know you're not in the business of predicting injuries, so nothing wrong with that. Um, the three-pick fantasy noob took David uh, or David Moore took Travis Kelsey. Now here we go. Okay, David wanted to switch it up. Take a tight end. This is not 1.5 PPR scoring by the way. This is one point per reception, and we see Travis Kelsey. Now some people, well, why did you take a tight end there when you've got all those studs? Well, 105 receptions, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns, no real signs of regression. Another great schedule. Patrick Mahomes coming off a historic season. Top of his class, top of the tight end class. Um, nothing wrong with locking in a player, but rate is probably lower on Travis Kelsey than any other player. By the way, again, this is the Red versus Blue show. For for those of you just uh, tuning in just now, uh, Michael Trent will be joining us. Uh, hopefully, he has a new cell phone now. Uh, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, will be joining us. Fat Stack Frankie. And then we'll have call-ins from uh, from these participants. These are not your average participants. If you're listening at home, these are not your average fantasy players, okay? Now, 
a lot of people say, well, they're just putting in more money. Yes, they're putting up more money, but they put in the time. They put in the work. They put in the effort. And and I'll tell you, uh, for years, people say, well, just money doesn't mean it's uh, they're better. You know, I play, and I'll take them on. Well, okay. We can tell you that the more money that's online, the more active the player is, the more time they spend on site, the more transactions they do per year, the more bids they put in each and every bid by far. Okay, and it just scales up. So the $35 leagues, they put in a certain amount of bids. The $99 leagues, they put in a certain amount of bids. The $300 leagues, they put in more bids, way more. And then when you talk about the World Championship, it's off the chains. I mean, it's three times it's, it's three times more bids in the World Championship than the online championship, the mid-stakes contest. So the level of competition is stiff, okay? You can expect people to be practiced, to be prepared, to be at the top of their game, to know everything that pretty much you know. It's how do you use that information. Uh, so the, the clientele is a little different here. It's the high-stakes industry of fantasy football. If you play in the FFWC, the NFFC, the FFPC, any of these contests here where the competition is just a little bit uh, fiercer, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. And that's why these people – these are the people that win their local and home leagues, Okay. The people that are in these drafts at the FFW, they win, or they're in the finals, or they are most of the time the, one of the most competitive, if not the competitive, and very likely the commissions of their local leagues, okay? And that's what happened when this high-stakes industry was born. It came out of people like us, all like-minded, where we loved playing fantasy, and we were really good at it, and we wanted to take it to the next level and see how we match up with the rest of the people in the country and around the globe. Um, we've got the fantasy football world championships. We're out in Vegas every year. We've got people and teams from all around the world. It's really exciting time. Uh, it's getting into our Christmas time. So let's keep it going. Three picks right there. McCaffrey, Cook, Travis, Kelsey, a little bit of a surprise. And now we get to the fourth pick. And the fourth pick, LV Raider, Matt Groth, the 2020 champion of this red versus blue two league, took Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara at four. Some could say it's three because Travis Kelsey doesn't usually go in the three, but Alvin Kamara at four, the third running back off the board. And, you know, one of the most productive in all of, uh, in all of fantasy because of his dual threat nature, touchdowns. He had 16 rushing touchdowns, five receiving touchdowns, 83 receptions last year. A lot of people say that, well, look, if Taysom Hill is the quarterback, he's not going to get the dumpers because those weeks when Taysom Hill was the quarterback, he didn't get the dumpers. Well, Taysom Hill is probably not going to be the quarterback, right? Uh, Jameis Winston is probably going to be. And, and it's crazy that Jameis was not being drafted as a starter, but because of the quarterbacks are so deep right now, but that's just the fact. Uh, Alvin Kamara, an amazing pick, an amazing player. You're getting a, a top – if you're in the top six, I think you have to consider Alvin Kamara. Even in the top four or five, you have to consider him. He's right there. Uh, the And Matt won this league last year, uh, and he's back to defend. Right at the top with the fifth pick, Tom Northrup. It's good to see Tom in this league. He takes Jonathan Taylor, and what a year Jonathan Taylor started to have. Really sort of – started to turn on week 11 against the Packers. He had that 22 carry game. And then in week 14 against the Raiders, 20 carries, 150 yards. It was week 17 against Jacksonville when he went ape bananas, 30 for 253 and two. That was incredible. I remember it was a big DFS weekend for all of us. We won a lot of money that week. Our team was on fire. Sean Childs had the projections dialed in. We just put in lineups. Everybody did. 
Deming had a tough team. Ian, we all had good teams that week, made a lot of money. And John Taylor proved that he's going to be one of the future superstar running backs. Uh, everybody's talking about him right now. He's 5'10", he's 26. And the insiders for Indianapolis and in the Athletic, they expect Taylor to see around 60% of the carries, if not more. And we know the history of this uh, this quarterback, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, this uh, head coach, Frank Reich. He rides the hot hand running back. Um, you know, uh, let's bring in our first uh, guest, actually first co-host of the evening. Um, you know him well. It's my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, we want to know if you're on a uh, cell phone, if you're on one of those rotary phone, those landlines, or do you have one of the cans with the string stretching across the creek over there in Kentucky? Well, uh, Scott, first off, it's good to be back with you. I, uh, hey. well, it was, I, I was able to find that, uh, that um, empty can of uh, Campbell's soup, okay. and I washed it out real good. So I think you all to be able to hear me just fine. Uh, I hope so anyway. How you doing, brother? I got you, man. It's actually pretty good. You know, I, I'll never forget the year that everybody was sending you in cell phones. They were just sending their old phones because they were better than what you had, the old flip phone. <laughs> now, they, they oh, have really great. made advancements in those flip phones. Is this still a flip phone? Is that one of those Motorola's or one of those fancy flip phones? No, no, no. I kind of wish I still had one, but uh, no, I've advanced. I, uh, I just got rid of that uh, a couple weeks ago, and somebody was telling me about this upgraded kind of thing and this and that, so I got me this one phone that you don't have to flip. It's not no fun anymore, man. Are you still a Kentucky fan after all the crappy seasons they've had lately? Well, certainly. Always will be. Absolutely, okay. I'm a Kentucky okay. fan. They'll be, just, they'll be just fine. No worries. For real. Okay. It, it, it's fun watching Devin Booker do the uh, do the show here at the, uh, in the NBA Finals. Well, Scott, I've had a blast watching that team. Uh, I have a lot of uh, really close connections because I, I went to uh, college with uh, Jay Crowder's father, uh, Corey. Mm. And oh, wow. I've been in uh, – Corey, yeah, Corey played for the Utah Jazz after he uh, graduated from Kentucky Westland. He went on to play uh, pro ball for the Utah Jazz, and I've been following Jay ever since. Very cool. People, uh, you've been playing some golf lately? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, two, three times a week. <laughs> Yeah, people people that listen to the show remember, uh, uh, you know, Mikey's a pretty good golfer. Uh, you know, some people call him a scratch golfer. I don't know if you still use that word. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> no, I'm still uh, I'm still about a six seven handicap, so I, okay. I keep it about the same. No, nothing wrong with that. Hey, let's talk about Jonathan Taylor here. It's a great pick. Uh, it's an it's an early pick here, uh, but we've seen this trend continue with the uh, FFWC ADP. He is the fifth player off the board, the fourth running back off the board, and he finishes rookie season with over 1,400 yards, 12 touchdowns, 36 catches, gained over 20 yards, Mike, on 12 plays with three of those reaching the 40-yard mark on uh, Sean Child's write-up. Taylor, that early. Uh, yeah, I kind of like it. I thought uh, I thought John or uh, Tom got a, uh, got a nice play there because uh, Jonathan Taylor keeps on moving up, uh, you know, and when you think about it, uh, you know, I look at the next uh, three running backs that went off the board there uh, right after him, and uh, I can't see either one of those three being uh, going to put up that many more points than uh, than Jonathan Taylor. You did bring up a good point about uh, Frank Reich and, and some different things. But, uh, I, you know, I see Taylor just as good at that spot as if he was to have waited even uh, further on down the line. 
Yeah. Annie missed week 12 uh, with, a, with a COVID issue there. You also have Naheem Hines that comes in on passing downs. I don't really see that changing. Naheem Hines is too effective, and it gives those running backs a breather. The question will be, what kind of a role does Marlon Mack uh, develop in this offense as he's trying to get his way back on the field? But this is the franchise running back. This is, this is Jonathan Taylor, and it's, a, and it's a great pick. Let's talk about the next one, Mike. Austin Eckler has been climbing, and this pick goes to game time, Nick Zapponi. Game time uh, takes Austin Eckler, and he's been climbing. Uh, the sixth pick overall, people want to talk about Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler. I keep hearing about Austin Eckler, and it's because, not only because of, you know, his build and his uh, fitness and the type of player that he is, catching all those passes, but it's because of Justin Herbert. He's getting a, he's getting a little too much credit for being, Austin, uh, you know, uh, Justin Herbert's running back. I don't think so. Uh, you know, that, that team is continuing to uh, do what they need to do to build themselves a championship. And uh, Austin Eckler, obviously, is uh, pretty much the centerpiece along with uh, Justin Herbert. You know, I, I don't see a decline uh, in this team and the direction they're going. And uh, when all the pieces are clicking, Eckler is going to be definitely uh, one of the focal points. Uh, I sometimes... You know, I, I sometimes wonder about this team and if, uh, you know, if they're going to go backwards, you know, but that's what's been said the last couple of years, and they don't – the team does not seem to be going in a, in a, in a backward direction. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those those picks right there together in the first round, they've been flip-flopping and other drafts that I've been seeing back and forth, you know, between the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, in that range. And I think it's just uh, definitely uh, – what you feel and uh, what you uh, definitely prefer. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, Nick definitely prefers Eckler at that spot. So you really can't fault him with that, I don't think. I don't know, man. I I don't know. I mean, I I think King Henry gets a little disrespect here. Even though uh, I'm not a big Zeke Elliott guy, I just think there's a little bit of disrespect here. I mean, look, this is a new head coach, Brandon Staley, right? He has four years of coaching experience at, at last look. He was the running uh, the Rams defense, and now, I mean, they look good, obviously. And so you're like, hey, Rams defense, get that guy, right? And that's kind of what they do. But four years of coaching experience, you're going to give him a team and John Herbert. And then they bring in Joe Lombardi to run the offense, uh, offensive coordinator from the Lions in 2014 and 2015 before he got fired. And he coached in New Orleans mm-hmm. in 2009. They won the Super Bowl. So there, I mean, look, there's some questions here, and you, you know, you, about this offense, obviously not the development in the second year of Justin Herbert is the key, but Austin Eckler, the running back, hamstring injuries look like he lost a little explosiveness in the last part of the year, and it just seems like yeah, look if you look at the math, he was on track for 100 catches, and that's awesome. So I guess you know at that point you'd rather have the lock in the catches than count on the touchdowns because everybody wants to talk about touchdown regression when it comes to players that score mm-hmm. touchdowns a lot. Right. I, you know, I, I, I can't see uh, much of, like I said, a decline. I think a lot of, you know, when you, we talk about hamstring issues, it just seems like there, every once in a while you find players that constantly go through hamstring issues from year to year. One thing I've kind of noticed quite a bit over the last few years is the hamstring issue is – uh, it's an issue for that year because they simply didn't 
trained, didn't do the off-season things the right way, the way they're supposed to be doing things, let's face it. And once it happens, especially in the first one or two weeks of the season, uh, you as an owner, whether no matter what league you're in, as an owner, you're already shaking your head, and you know it's going to be a long, dreadful year. Uh, but, you know, th- these guys, it's it's really hard to do your homework, and you can't predict a hamstring injury, obviously. But, uh, you know, with each running back, you're, you're almost praying every time. It's like, oh, my gosh, don't get hurt, uh, especially earlier in the year. But I, I just feel uh, myself, I feel with, uh, you know, Austin Eckler and uh, like Derrick Henry, you know, the next guy that uh, taken off the board. I, I just, mm-hmm. you know, those guys, you, you have to go with them. You just simply have to go with them. And you can't say, oh, my gosh, what about a hamstring? Because you could do that about any player. Yeah, let's talk about it. Number seven, resistance is futile. Scott Lawrence, Jim Buzzick, uh, they're going to be in Vegas. They play in the World Championship. Derrick Henry is their pick, and his ADPs remain pretty steady for the most part in the high-stakes leagues. His, his ADP is, is 4.5, 4.5. So they're getting him in a bargain here with the seventh pick overall. I mean, you're talking about a 2,000-yard back. He had the fifth most rushing yards, 2,027 in NFL history for a single season on a league-high 378 carries. I mean, that's scary, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, 16 runs over 20 yards. Four of those reached the 40-yard mark. That comes from Sean Child's uh, team outlook. And uh, look, typically you see regression of the seven other running backs to rush for over 2,000 yards. Barry Sanders had the smallest regression in rushing, 562 for 2,097, and only 1,491 in 98. So typically, when you have a 2,000-yard season, you take a big dip, right? If that's the smallest reg- regression, is like 500 yards <laughs> from Barry Sanders, we'll you can expect it. some regression from Derrick Henry. And I have been, I have heard them talking up Darrington Evans a little bit. Maybe they'll get him a little more involved. But you got to love getting a 2,000-yard guy um, with, with a pick in the first round. Oh, absolutely. When I last year, uh, you know, I, I was kind of on Henry quite a bit, and uh, I didn't mind being on him uh, last year at all. I, I love yeah. the guy. I mean, he, he's a he's a work he, he's a workhorse. Uh, yeah. You know what you're going to get from him. DBs don't like to tackle the guy. Let's face it, uh, especially in the winter. They know that they <laughs> they might get hurt. So uh, there, there you Money go. Week. I mean, Derrick Henry, is, he's just that way. He's hard runner. Uh, and a lot of times when you're a hard runner like that, uh, you tend to avoid a lot of, well, the injury bug because, believe it or not, you're hard, and that's just the way, that's the way you run. And, uh, and he's just, I don't know, I, I've always liked Henry, and I'm going to, you know, I'll love him again this year as well. Yeah, especially, especially as other teams just sort of let him slide. Because of the, uh, it's typically because of the resistance. Right. You just don't like to count on that. Can I, he's got to get me fit. Well, he, it's hard to stop this dude. And then you bring in Julio, and it's going to be even, it's going to be even harder. You would think stop him. Uh, you know, get get the team a little more dangerous here. Let's look at uh, team eight. Team Koch. Greg Koch uh, makes his uh, debut here in this versus blue league, and uh, takes Ezekiel Elliott. Skullcrusher. Skullcrusher takes Ezekiel Elliott, and and. Um, Look, what can you say about Zeke? He gets Dak Prescott back, right? So goes the running back when the quarterback. We always said that, Mike. You know, when you when you have when you take a wide receiver in the first round, you not only have to have the wide receiver stay healthy, but you have to have the quarterback stay healthy. Now, in Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott's case, it was so traumatic for that offense that Andy Dalton couldn't keep things 
together enough for Zeke to have the kind of year that Zeke typically does. And so it wasn't a Zeke-type year. Do you blame that on Dak or blame that on Zeke, or was it a combination of everything? I, I think it was, uh, you know, 75% offensive line okay. and uh, 25% Zeke. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's tough. It's hard to get into up for games like this uh, every week in and week out. When you know your guy, Dak, is not, he's not there. Um, God bless him, Andy Dalton. Well, let's face it, he's Andy Dalton. And, uh, you know, it was very tough. That offensive line, it just seemed like there was nothing there uh, to really get this team going. And, I, I, you know, me as a Cowboy fan, I had high hopes uh, with McCarthy, thinking, well, this guy, you know, he's going to change the atmosphere, change the culture and things like that. But uh, it's it's just it's gut wrenching what happened when uh, when your leader and the, the quarterback's the leader when your leader goes down it's it's gut wrenching. Do I expect huge things? Just this miracle turnaround? I do not. I really do not. Uh, I think Elliott's going to have a fantastic fantasy year. Uh, but would I? Me personally, I would have taken Henry, Eckler, Taylor, all of them definitely before Elliott. Yeah, Dallas still so finished second in the league in uh, pass attempts, and they rushed the ball just over 40%. It was really the, – the, the offense really hurt without Dak. Um, their offensive line allowed 44 sacks last year. Uh, so th- they did address the defense in the draft, right? They went gung-ho on the defense, right. which I think is interesting. Um, and then, you know, again, the running lanes uh, shrunk, to put it simply. They, they shrunk in uh, 2020. I- Lowest production of his year. He gained only four yards per rush. It it was tough uh, watching the draft, uh, seeing them address uh, the uh, the defense the way they did. But uh, you know they feel like that the offensive line is going to be okay. And but uh, all you have to do, I mean, shoot, just ask Patrick Mahomes how important the offensive line is. You know, yeah. and he'll tell you, he remembers that Sunday back first of February where uh, he'd given anything to have that offensive line. So I still, that's why I still, uh, I still have a lot of questions about Dallas and uh, uh, especially uh, Elliot. I think Dak could be fine and the wide receiving crew would be fine, but I do have some questions about uh, Elliot. Well, he's a beast, right? When uh, when Dak is in there, he has a history of just being a flat-out baller. He caught over 50 passes each of his first uh, past three seasons. That helps because he's getting the receptions too. And it's going to be a much healthier, very talented line uh, with Dak. They're going to have one of the highest-scoring offenses in the league. And, uh, you know, you look, you're going to have Tony Pollard steal a little bit of that action, but um, you've got Ezekiel Elliott. And Sean uh, pegged him for 16 scores with 1,800 yards, 50 catches. So, you know, look, nothing about Zeke should uh, really scare you around that part of the draft. Um, it's a good it's, – it's a solid pick. And the running back sort of stopped there because then you have questions with the Barley and the Chubb with getting the, you know, the competition from Kareem Hunt. So it's, if you're going to get one, you better get one like right there and then figure out – get, get one of the stud wide receivers on the way back, which is what Skull Crusher did with Justin Jefferson, pairing him with an exciting young player, right? So that's, I like that kind of mix there. If you're going to take Zeke, let's go up. Let's go for real big upside with like a Justin Jefferson. So I do like that. Let's move on to the next pick, Mike. Uh, Austin Ravens and Jeffrey Jurist takes – here we go. You ready? You want to say it? Do you see the draft board? No, I sure do. Stephon Diggs, beautiful pick. Man, that's, that's the wide receiver one off the board. FFWC ADP uh, has him as the number two wide receiver behind Tyreek Hill, 
uh, as the 12th pick. But look, if you know, you're flipping a coin between Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill, um, and maybe Adams if you, if you think that Rodgers thing. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But let's talk about Stefan Diggs because he deserves this prime attention here with the ninth pick overall. He takes him because he wants the anchor. And he doesn't want to be at the, like we just talked about, the running backs sort of start to dry up there. They all have questions. There's no real questions about Josh Diggs unless you think that, well, everything was perfect. This year it won't be perfect because it rarely is. I, You know, I think uh, with Diggs, he just keeps getting better and better and better every year. There is right. no decline. There's no reason to decline uh, with Josh Allen back here. Uh, you know, things have opened up for this team, and uh, you know he's very passionate about the game, obviously. And he, I, I see, I see no decline at all in Diggs, and uh, I just think, uh, you know, as far as wide receiver, he should go one off the board along with him, him and Hill. I, I mean, I agree. You got to throw that in Ridley too. So, I mean, you yeah. got to throw those three in there. Uh, I, I'm tending to favor them over Adams, but uh, Diggs is a great great test spot because i mean like you know like you just said you know you you get through those running backs and then it's like okay well i got a question mark here i got a question mark there i'm not so sure you know, mixing and sensey you know I, they're good they're, they want to be high picks for the first round round and a half picks but uh you know after you get those, through those first few yeah digs you're, you're getting points from him <laughs> He absolutely shined last year. Uh, it showed you the way that Minnesota was using him wasn't as good as what Buffalo had in store, right? And he, he, he was just a monster. 127 catches out of 166 targets. That's 76%, 1,500 yards and eight touchdowns. Nine games over 100. Here's, the, here's, my, here's probably my favorite stat of all Stephon Diggs' stats from last year. 18 of his 19 starts, Mike, he had six catches at least, right? When you can have 18 of your 19 starts with six catches, bro, you are the man in that offense and you're just, and you're just, you know, you're kicking the chicken here. So uh, 12 yards per catch, 20 catches over 20 yards and eight of them over 40 yards. The dude runs great routes. He gets open. I like what you said that he improves every single year. And Mm -hmm. uh, look, very high. Sean Childs, floor that he predicted you ready 110 catches 1300 plus yards with a chance at 10 touchdowns that's a floor <laughs> that's pretty nice yeah uh i mean i hope yeah. i mean i hope it happens for sean and it it would not totally surprise me yep jeff did uh jeff jeff took digs there we got three picks to go mikey crypto monkeys terry tardugno and sean medlin i guess they're making some money in the crypto uh, maybe maybe not now the last couple of months, but hey, Devontae Adams. Uh, this all boils down to Aaron Rodgers, Mike. Uh, you've been following it. Everybody's been following it. Let let let's just take the let's just say for the purpose of this exercise, the reason why Devontae Adams is here at ten is because he, there is a risk that Aaron Rodgers isn't there. If he's not there, and Jordan Love is the quarterback. What kind of a percentage? Put a number on it. What kind of a percentage regression are we going to see from Dante Adams? Uh, I mean, he's definitely going to regress. Uh, I would say on a number uh, 20 to – it might be a little bit higher than that, 30, 30%. I would, wow. I, would say, uh, I would say it might be a little bit higher than that. Uh, the yeah. only reason I say that is because, you know, I'm kind of looking at the draft board 
And, uh, you know, when I'm taking other wide receivers into account on that, I'm thinking, okay, do I – okay, I'm either going to say Love is going to be my quarterback, this is what I do. Uh, Rodgers is going to be my quarterback, this is what I do. Rodgers is my quarterback, I am definitely taking Devontae Adams right through there in that 10, 11, 12 spot. Uh, If Love is my quarterback, I can't – this is just me. I can't take Adams quite yet. So it's a tough call for him. I mean, very tough. Yeah. Look, um, talking about Jordan Love, strong arm. He makes deep throws, flick of the wrist. He's 6'4", 225. I mean, but but you're talking about a kid who decision-making, everything, the reads, the speed that he makes those reads, it's all going to need work. And, yeah, Adams is going to be your very first option, uh, but tight pocket, will he be able to break free? He'll start seeing some snaps, but what what is he going to do with the snaps? And it makes it tough for me to be that person to draft Devontae Adams. But, you know, I'm sure that he's – I'm sure that the guys are looking at it and saying, okay, you know, look, they could have had Tyreek Hill here. So I think these yeah. guys have made their decision that Aaron Rodgers is, is going to play. He, he has no choice but to play. And if he, and, and, and maybe that's, maybe that's the case. We'll see, but I'm kind of like you. It scares me a little bit. Uh, I think it scares most of us. His, his ADP has been about 14. If he plays with Aaron Rodgers, of course, He's in the same boat as Stephon Diggs. He had a floor of six catches in 15 of his 16 games, and he had six impact games. We're talking about 14 for 156 and 2, 13 for 196 and 2, 10 for 173 and 1, 11 for 142 and 3, 10 for 121 and 2. Those are monster games, and that's the kind of player you're getting with Devontae Adams. So, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sure that they're, uh, they're hoping for the best there, um, and they're taking the ups. Upside, you're in this. If you're playing in the online championship, you're playing to win the whole thing, right? For fifty thousand dollars, and that's why you're, um, you know, because twenty-four. I mean, the league prizes are nice, but you're playing for the big prize. Saquon Barkley is the eleventh pick uh, over uh, donkeys. Jason Kahn, you know these guys. Jason Kahn, Aaron, and Jeff. um, Saquon Barkley, and there's questions about Saquon Barkley. We're in the first round, and we've got several guys already that have questions, Mike. Yes, this uh, this draft and uh, so many others that are going to take place in the in the coming uh, next couple of months, uh, they're all. It's it, you have to stick to your guns and say this is what I'm going to do. This is what I believe, and I'm not turning back. You know, Saquon Barkley. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind that uh, Jason and them guys. They said, uh, look, we're sticking to our guns. We're going to take him, just like uh, with them taking Devontae Adams. We believe Rodgers is going to play. And even if Rodgers isn't the quarterback, we still believe in it. So you really – you can't second-guess yourself in the first couple of rounds, especially uh, in these drafts. You have to go with what you believe and don't waver one bit. And uh, so – and it's hard to – right now, it's, it's hard to uh, – uh, fault any of these players that have been drafted so far in the spot that they've been drafted in because you know in uh, November we can look back and go yeah well I, I, I knew that Barkley was going to be fine or you can go back and say well uh, <laughs> told you you'd get hurt but you have to you have to go with it and just and be be truthful and make the commitment and be be, be good with the commitment. Uh, I, I wanted to get you and uh, the exec on here to talk about this, these last two players, Mikey. Uh, fantasy exec, 
what's good with you? Saquon Barkley right off the board. I'm not a big fan of players coming off of significant injuries, and they're already talking about that he'll be eased into action early in the year. Is this one of these picks, uh, exec, that you'd be okay with because you think he'll be moving at the end of the, of the, the season here? Well, yeah, I think when you look at the talent and what he means to the offense, you know how much he's going to be involved in the passing game, obviously what he can do running the football. I do, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, especially coming off that kind of injury, but you kind of look at a player like Barkley, I'd be more worried about him staying on the field on third down because of his inability to block, but it really hasn't been a problem throughout the course of his career when he put up his numbers when he's healthy. So, you know, you know he's still a top of the first round running back in my thinking. Interesting. Okay, let's finish it up, guys. Tyreek Hill, the 12th pick in the first round, released the Kraken, Ash Ibrahim, 2020 runner-up from last year, and takes Tyreek Hill. He saw somebody take Stephon Diggs, he chuckles. He sees somebody take Devontae Adams, he chuckles. He sees somebody take Saquon Barkley, he chuckles, and he gets Tyreek Hill with the 12th pick overall. Mikey, uh, what do you think about Tyreek Hill when he could have had a couple of other players there. He's, he, you, you, you could go ahead and talk about it. Tyreek Hill, Calvin Ridley, he goes yeah. bam, bam, back-to-back like that. Well, it's funny. When you uh, when you said uh, he goes ahead and takes Tyreek Hill when he could have had, and I almost just brought it out and said, could have had who? Calvin Ridley? So I think, <laughs> I think he did fantastic. Uh, yeah. Cal, uh, Tyreek Hill falls right there. Uh, and, of course, he's going to have to address the uh, running back situation. Uh, down the road because he comes right back with Calvin Ridley. But I personally would, uh, you know, I put Tyreek Hill uh, not quite with Diggs. I don't think he'll get the number, uh, the fantasy numbers that Diggs got or is going to get this year, but I think it's going to be extremely close. Uh, Hill's just too daggum explosive. And then uh, and then he follows up with Ridley. So uh, he's looking pretty good at wide receiver right out of the get-go, and uh, there's, there'll be time for him to get that running back situation. Uh, Corey, fantasy executive Corey Parson with us, everybody. Uh, Tyreek Hill is that um, boom, right? Dynamite, 30 points into the first quarter, you're, you're feeling good. You know, 20 points after, you know, at, the, at the end of the first half, you're good, right? And Sometimes he will, you know, have, he'll do that on very low volume too. Sometimes, right? It'll be three, four catches, but both of those catches will be for touchdowns, right? Or even all three of those catches, he will have those low volume games. That doesn't does that concern you? This spinning a first round pick? No, I, I mean you, you know what you're getting. If I was concerned with that, I would be concerned with Derrick Henry. It's kind of the opposite of it. You know what I'm saying? Where you're looking at a player who, okay, he may not have the kind of volume you want. But that big playability, nobody, nobody in the league right now pops the top on the defense the way that Tyreek Hill does. He had the perfect quarterback, the perfect system for what he's able to do. You know, you know, being, being, you know, even though he's slight, his speed keeps him pretty durable throughout the course of the season. And you have always have the, you know, the 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 chance for that big monster blow up game where he can get you a win by himself. So uh, no problem with Ty- Tyreek Hill is locked into any first round. And you're okay with him? Uh, do you, do you typically take him before Stephon Diggs, or do you go do you, Diggs and then Hill, or Hill then Diggs? I think Dill. I think Hill uh, deserves to be the first wide receiver off the board. There you go. I I, I think I'm with you, but I'm I'm perfectly fine with Diggs over Hill. But I think Hill has to be two. Although some people would say, hey hey hey, don't you dare forget about DeAndre Hopkins. 
you know, and, and I, I will have that That's, conversation. You've seen a lot of Hopkins in the second rounds this year. And you some are. of the drafts that I've seen so far, you see you a are. lot of Hopkins in the second round. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, we are. Uh, Diggs, Hill's AP is 7.2 in the FWC. Diggs is at 12. Adams at 12.7. Whether or not that belongs there, we just don't know what the questions to Rodgers, and then Hopkins at 14. Mikey, what do you got What do you got planned for tomorrow, man? Well, <laughs> well I'm going to uh, definitely play a little bit of golf and uh, work on uh, some baseball stuff, and uh, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. I don't have to work. I'm off on a Saturday, so I'm going to take advantage of it. I love it. I love it. And you can, uh, you can check out Mike T's um, baseball plays. He breaks it down every single day inside the Discord, inside the Bats channel, uh, he's up on the year, and, and, you know, it's not not easy to be up uh, in baseball at the halfway point, but he's up on the year, and he's had some nice runs um, playing very consistently. I, I remember seeing over 20 units at one point. So yeah. keep it in there, man. Keep swinging the bat, and uh, keep picking those reds, man. You need to pick more the reds more often. That's what you need to do. Uh, until we find a bullpen, it's hard to put one out. Hey, man, good talking to you, Scott, and uh, Corey, good hearing your voice, brother. And uh, let's uh, let's have a good let's have a good year, and I look forward to be back on, man. Yep, no doubt. Thank you. And I made it through without the buzzer meter. You did, you did. Let's give it to him. It's a new one. It's a new one. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Great, we'll Vegas, great Mike. show, Scott. Corey, All y'all right. have a good one, and uh, I'll yep. catch up with you next time. Okay. All right, man. No doubt. That's Mike. Thanks a lot. Mike. Mike Trent, spontaneous combustion. Been uh, been been it with Red versus Blue since the beginning. Uh, we started it as a podcast talking Red versus Blue, Louisville versus Kentucky. Louisville fan, me, him, the the Kentucky fan, and the fantasy football audience is the one that stuck around. And we just started talking fantasy, and and it just uh, it grew from there. Corey, what's been going on with you lately, man? I know you're doing big big stuff with NBC now. Uh, the life is shining bright, and you're doing a lot of big stuff now. Yeah, no, so, no, we uh, just got it going over at NBC Sports Edge, getting ready, getting ramped up for, you know, another year of NFL season. So, definitely looking forward to that. Obviously, as we inch towards the month of August, you know, the content will be coming out. And, you know, hopefully we'll have some announcements soon and we'll be able to all get together and enjoy some good fantasy football and sports betting content. Yeah, we've got the Beat the Exec Leagues coming up, hopefully. And I think you're going to be trying to get out to Vegas and join us this year. Trent already has his uh, tickets booked. He's going to be out there in Vegas. He has a timeshare out there. That man can stack up the aluminum, the aluminum at the draft table. You know, some people just sort of, they sort of get themselves going at the draft table and they have their cheat sheets. And he's got not the cheat sheets. He's got the aluminum and the bottles and the cups. And maybe there's a cup over here. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on at a Trent table. I got to, I got to bring the trash can over after every couple of rounds. Um, just to clear the way. Let's uh, talk about I, I love this. Well, it sounds like a table I want to be at. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, because, you know, if they're getting drunk while you're drafting, you're, you're, you're scooping up all kinds of value. <laughs> uh, let, let's take a look at the strategies that are being employed here now. As we look at the draft board, I'm assuming you have the draft board. Uh, yep. there's, there's, there's several different strategies um, that are being deployed here. We've got uh, a couple of... We have one team that went three running backs, Barkley, Chubb, and Swift. You ask yourself, well, what kind of wide receivers are they going to have? Evans, Beckham, and and Devonta Smith. We'll talk about that. Uh, You have one, two, two teams that went two running backs, then a wide receiver. Uh, Kamara, 
Aaron Jones, Allen Robinson for LV Raider, and Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, C.D. Lamb. Bro, if you told me I was going to show up for a draft and get Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, and C.D. Lamb as my first three picks, I'd be like, okay, I like that strategy. Matter of fact, it feels like a strategy I've done at the FSGA pretty damn close. Uh, that's a that's a winning strategy, man. I'm liking the two RB wide receiver start. Well, I think, and when you look at it, what I, what I can see right now, um, and, you know, obviously a number of different ways you could have went with this pick right here. But I don't think, you know, in the first round, but I don't think you can go wrong with, with either. So when you get that Taylor and Harris start, that's a solid start right there. Then you see, you know, obviously you see Lamb come behind it with more. Obviously Dak Prescott's going to be a guy to put up some big numbers this year. He's part of that San Francisco 49er offense. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you look at that area of the draft, could that be an area of the draft where we can see a winning team from? Because not only do you get that good draw in the first round, you come back in the second round, a player like Harris is there, and some of these other players, you know, you can start the stack and build it pretty good. So that'd be something to be interesting to keep an eye on throughout the course of these leagues. You know, uh, I've been high on Najee Harris. I think you have been too. There's a lot of people that have been riding this um, momentum that Najee Harris seems to have right now. And he's the, you know, 11th running back off the board, right? You're getting him at the 20th pick overall here. And his ADP uh, has been right around the 19 pick range, the 20th pick overall range. And so it just be some wouldn't it be just ironic you know week 1 it's uh Benny Snell with 8 carries and and McFarland with 7 carries and Najee Harris with 6 carries. you're like what the heck did I do you know that can no, happen that can happen yeah. if you draft a rookie just you know i mean that can happen for the first 3 4 weeks of the season easy right easy yeah i see i i i with the, i think Pittsburgh is going to be best suited giving him the ball now and I think, you know, you, you spend I that first-round draft right. capital, yeah. you have to use him. Because, you know, not, the running back, you know, that fifth-year option, right. you got to get that work. you got to get him on the field and get right. him playing while he's cheap. You know what I'm right. saying? Now, right. with that being said, you look at the situation with the Steelers' offensive line, that's what kind of scares me. Pittsburgh really shows some cracks in their offensive line uh, during the latter part of the season. And when you go into the offseason, you look at some of the movement and stuff like that. I worry about that O-line now. That could help his pass catching too, but you know, I saw some player props, some prop totals where okay. his total yardage, his yards from scrimmage, are between thirteen and fifteen, or thirteen hundred and fifteen hundred. And I'm sure. like, hmm, I, I would want a little bit more than that from scrimmage if I am pushing him up towards that middle of the second round. I mean, look, you're, if, if he's a thirty-five and forty catch guy. Uh, and I think you can live with that, you know? I mean, plus you're going to get yeah, opportunities. Yeah, you can, you can live with that, but see, but now you, but you got those, you know, here's the thing. And why I like it is you pair them with Taylor, you know, they're very similar backs. Except Taylor has the better offensive line, but the catches and numbers will be the same. But you you imagine like a Kamara and a Harris. Then you got Kamara who's dominant and getting that 80 catches, and you like that. Yeah. And then you can kind of let, let, let Harris do the work. So a number of different ways you can build it, but I think he's going to be fine. I like what Sean said. Uh, he said a fantasy owner should think Le'Veon Bell as far as yards and catches, right? Then he said Harris will be a much better scoring threat. 
Okay, if you're telling me he's a better scoring threat than Le'Veon Bell, I'm, I'm interested. And, you know, look, we saw that at Alabama. I mean, everybody is a scoring threat at Alabama. That's not really fair. Exactly. Um, but I, I, I will say this. Here's the reason why I like Najee Harris in round two uh, this year. And I've said it I, – I think I've said it several times now. My, my thinking is it's Ben Roethlisberger, right? You have one year left to, to, to let Ben Roethlisberger go out of champions. And it's got, and you've got to make sure that you are going at it full steam ahead. And that's why I went to go get this kid, right? They're not going to go in there very average or below average running backs, which is the stable that they had last year, right? They had to go up and fix it, and they fixed it. Used a first round pick to do it. Um, I think it's, I think it's exciting. And I think uh, out of all of those running backs there, you could argue that Cam Akers belonged at that pick, right? You could argue that that's Cam Akers' spot, um, but I don't see any problem with, with Najee Harris, especially with the level of competition that he has. Cam Akers has a very capable running back as his handcuff, as a tandem sort of back. Daryl Henderson, he's a capable running back of kind of spelling the action. And, you know, they've got coaching. The, the coaching is kind of, you know, weird there, right? So, uh, it's you know, they, they do weird things, right? Sean McVay is used to doing, you know, things and switching it up. So I'm okay with Najee or Cam there. I prefer both of them to Aaron Jones. And uh, I think that's the right pick out of all of the, all of the plays there because the odds of you getting a, a wide receiver back are still really high. I got Keenan Allen back at this spot in the FSGA draft, and I was ecstatic. And it's a 14-teamer. And I went Taylor oh, no, Harris. That was, that was excellent right there. Now, what I'll say is yep. this. Yep. Uh, I think Cam Akers is RB1, and I'm drafting Cam Akers as if he's RB1. Hopefully that does play out. Um, I think, you know, Henderson to be in the mix, but I think you look at the Cam Makers and we saw down stretch, he's a better running back. I think this Los Angeles yep. Rams team has Super Bowl aspirations, and I think they might very well at this point be the best team in the NFC, have the best offense, the best defense. you got a running back from a school that has lineage with running backs coming out of Florida State. So I think Cam Akers is somebody that, is you're going to see on the one-two turn when we get to late August, early September. Um, and and what are your reception projections there? Because everybody that, that talks about him here in this space, they want to talk about, well, he's not Derrick Henry, right? Uh, but are, is, are, is Stafford going to dump him the ball, right? And we did see that one game that he had four catches – against Arizona in week 17. Other than that, it was one here, one there, two here. You know, that was it. He, he He's not really involved in the passing game yet. Yeah, and that's one of the things that you don't like about him. And like you said, obviously, you know, you could say, well, you know, Derrick Henry, but this kid's not Derrick Henry. But with that right. being said, I think that's a part of his game that you can develop. And when you look really basically at, you know, everybody talks McVeigh in this system, we saw what McVay's system is with Todd Gurley, and he was RB1. So now Todd Gurley does have that skill set, you know, but Akers has that skill set as well. They just got to use it. Yeah. You know, that's why I am – that's why you're seeing a gravitational pull with Antonio Gibson around this Cam Akers range, right? Because in PPR leagues, Antonio Gibson's going to have a better uh, a reception season. Akers might have more carries – Gibson might have more touchdowns. Akers might have more yards, right? It, it might all make Gibson sort of has that. I, I, I take his ceiling. 
their floor is a little lower, right? So, and then when you talk about the the scouting that we put in on Antonio Gibson last year, when Mark Morales uh, scouted him out as saying he's potentially next to Jamal Charles, has a lot of Jamal Charles in him. We saw a little bit of that flash last year, especially in that game when he lit your boys up for three touchdowns at 40 fantasy points. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I saw some of that as well. Also, I uh, come from a New York Jets fan. <laughs> but, um, I tell you what about Antonio Gibson. I'm very excited about Antonio Gibson. I'm very excited about the football team. To be honest with you, yeah. I even saw the other day with Chad, uh, with Ocho Senko had even was was even talking about. Listen, you know, I don't know, I don't know what who asked him this question or that he was just looking, you know, at rosters or whatever. But or maybe watching tape like the rest of the fantasy guys, but he mentioned how Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to open that offense up. This is not like last year with Dwayne Haskins and, you know, Alex Smith trying his best. This is Ryan Fitzpatrick who comes in there with one thing only on his mind, to throw the football down the field. And you've got options like McLaurin and then um, um, – you bring in Curtis Samuel. So you're yep. being able to get that ball down that field. You got Antonio Gibson in that backfield. I think the football team can have a fun offense. Gibson's a player I like a lot. I'm definitely going to have some shares of him this year. And don't forget about uh, Adam Humphreys just sort of holding the, holding the fourth yeah. down, being that possession guy to get that third down uh, catch. And then Logan Thomas, an older guy, uh, had been in the league for a while, actually started to really shine. Uh, you know, been in the league for years, but uh, he looked he looked pretty he's good. A tight end, I have a lot, a lot, a lot of my early uh, leagues. He's a tight end, yeah. and I've been drafting. Yeah. Uh, so again, we talked about this two RB wide receiver start. We we looked at that a little bit. Of course, we saw the tight end two running back start with Kelsey Akers Edwards. Um, and then we had Dalvin Cook. Uh, we had a running back, wide receiver, running back there. We've got a little bit of everything. We got a couple of that running back, wide receiver, running back. You've got one quarterback in this. Uh, Pat Mahomes went to a two wide receivers team. Diggs, Hopkins, Mahomes. You're like, well, what are you going to do with Rex? Sanders, Davis. And then okay. coming back with Mark Andrews. This is interesting right here. If those running backs hit, uh, this team could really cook right here. Um, and then cause Andrews is dropping a little bit, I've noticed. Um, that's probably to do something with the rise of Kyle Pitts. And we see Goddard starting to push up the board a little bit also. But this is, you know, six rounds is, is a good number. I've seen some sevens come in on Mark Andrews. Um, the Mike Davis thing, right? Okay, yeah. like what's that going to be? Like that I worry about. I don't know what that's going to be. Uh, last right. year in a system that was good for him or any, maybe you could put any running back back there, he was putting up you know, McCaffrey numbers, you know what I'm saying? He, like, he came out of nowhere, he stepped in, he got that work done. Now you're going to a team like that. I don't know how well they're going to be able to move the football. You know, like Matt Ryan, is, Matt Ryan takes a while to get used to new offensive coordinators, and if I'm not mistaken, that is the case this year. Yeah, let's bring in our next guest uh, of the evening to talk about this with you. Uh, Fat Stack Frankie, Frankie Fantasy. You've been watching this draft, my man. Uh, you're out in Vegas. I don't see any Vegas Raider uh, action here like we normally do. Where, where is this Josh? Josh Jacobs didn't go until the fifth round. Are are you giving up on Josh Jacobs already? Yeah, I would think so. How you doing tonight, guys? But, What's uh, up, bud? Yeah, for me, I mean, yo, yo, it's, Frankie. It's, it's tough. 
What's up, uh, Corey? Good to see you, brother. Good to hear from you. My man. Yeah, but for I don't know how you guys feel. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit late to the party tonight, you know, and uh, and making my way on. But in terms of the Raider Nation right now, it's a it's, it's a little bit down in Raider Nation land. I mean, obviously, uh, Vegas is hoping um, that we have uh, fans in the stands and live at Allegiant Stadium. But it looks yep. like a lot of the Raider players, uh, and especially in fantasy right now, are you know really seeing a downturn and, and really dropping on draft boards. And you, you alluded to probably the biggest player, and that would be, you know, Josh Jacobs. And obviously, you know, there's a, a new arrival in that backfield that everyone is concerned is really going to be biting into his uh, his time at that position. We know that, you know, Jalen Rashad is already there, and he's always been used out of the backfield by the Raiders. But now there's a bigger name to fill, and he makes his way over from Arizona. And, Obviously, you know, a lot of fantasy uh, players right now, I don't know how you guys feel, but for me, I tend to agree with it. I think I this is a, a player, I believe, uh, that you alluded to, um, went in the fifth round uh, tonight. Yep. But for me, I, I think it's a player that you want to see one of the 11, other 11 teams, one of those, one of, you know, another one of those 11 owners in your league wind up drafting instead of you. Corey, Corey, what's going on? What are we seeing? I mean, is it just because – look, I thought – I thought – uh, when I watched last, it was offensive line. It wasn't Josh Jacobs, right? Josh Jacobs, I mean, is still too young to be having any kind of issues. I haven't, I haven't heard of significant injury here uh, to him. So, is everybody freaking out about Josh Jacobs, or are they just freaking out that he didn't have anywhere to run last year? You bring in Kenyon Drake to kind of juice up the. Okay, it helps, but he's not a game changer. Uh, he's a he's a big playmaker. Is it Josh Jacobs' fault? I mean, we're seeing him in the fifth round now. Yeah, but the yards per carry went down, and that's that was the offensive line. They were time. terrible. Yeah, no, listen, the, the offensive line was was terrible last year. Are they better this year? Oh, a very little, very little. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I can see why it's happening. And then you got competition in the background from a player who can play as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm listen. I'm gonna agree with Frankie. This is kind of a situation I don't want no parts of. If I'm going zero RB and I'm firing three wide receivers, four wide receivers right out the rip, then a Josh Jacobs is a constellation prize because you figure he is going to be a running back to get you some carries. He did, um, he did score 12 touchdowns last season, you know, also caught 45, I mean, also caught 33 passes. But, you know, you know that yard per carry, when that yard per carry drops, I worry. Yeah, Okay. I mean, look, I, I, and, I and guys, just so you too, I just wanted to yeah. say one thing. You know, there's a lot of talk out here in in Las Vegas that Gruden plans on using Kenyon Drake a lot, possibly even flanked out in the slot this year okay. um, on the opposite side of Rugs, and they are talking about even running a two running back split formation during those times with a guy who's not getting a lot of talk but is only a few years removed from being fantasy relevant and picked up a lot of, you know, off waiver wires and was fantasy relevant there for a little stretch, and that would be Theo Riddick. So don't forget about that name as well. It's a little name from the past, but he could be getting some some time as well. So it's going to be an interesting training camp battle to see who gets that third uh, string job between Jalen Rashad, who's normally manned that position for the past few seasons, as well as Theo Riddick, because we know that, you know, obviously if Derek Carr and that line really isn't settled, he's going to be looking to dump the ball off. And one of those two players is going to be the guy to possibly emerge if Kenyon Drake isn't that guy who's on the field and maybe split out at that time. Yeah. 
Look, I mean, I'm 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 perfectly fine with Josh Jacobs in the fifth round, bro. Uh, okay, that's just that's just me. Yes, I know he'll he you'll see more 10, 12, 13, 14 carry games from him instead of the 20 carry games with Kenyon Drake in the picture. But Josh Jacobs, look, Chucky spent a first round pick on that dude, and and he he he's gonna remember that. And and look, the offensive line had its issues last year. They're they're coming off, incognito coming off an injury, and now you bring it. I mean, they had plenty of uh, issues on that line, but in the fifth round. Right? I mean, I'm not looking for, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry. I'm just looking for a back to hold the fort down uh, week to week. Oh, no, def- definitely. I think you're right about that, Scotty. Yeah. But if I, have to just, if I could just throw this back to you guys, specifically you, Corey, as well. If you're on the board there in round five and you're coming back around on that wraparound, you've just taken David Montgomery for, in the one spot uh, from yeah. Team Bada Bing. And you're faced with the possibility of Mike Davis still on the board as well as Javante Williams. You know, sitting there as well, two players who go later in that round, several picks later, I actually think that Mike Davis or Williams would have been my pick over Josh Jacobs at that point in the fifth round. I don't know how you guys feel. I think it's interesting. I think you can go uh, either way on that one. Either way. I think Williams is is, is very interesting. Like I said, Mike Davis worries me a little bit. I don't know what that Falcons offense is going to be this year, but, um, I mean, he could play a very big part of it. Point C. Even when you look at Bada Bang's team, you look at these four running backs, well, maybe not Montgomery. We saw Montgomery flash towards in the last season. When you look at Jacobs, Edmonds, and Robinson, it's like all the same situation. They're basically the same player. Yep. Yeah, and, you, and, you're, stuck, and you're stuck trying to figure out which one is going to ride the bench, right, uh, especially when putting up That's 10 to 12-point games. That's a pain in the ass. Yeah, exactly. It's a pain, mm-hmm. right, but, but it is depth. And if you're looking for depth, then he's got that, right? But, oh, my God, I mean, look, look, okay, if you are going to pass on Jacobs there, uh, Frankie, I mean, look, Jamar Chase and Ike are sitting there, too, as options. Higgins, your boy, uh, all those stud – because, look, when you're on turn, you don't get the luxury. You just have to take the guy you like. And that's what Bob Bing did here. He took Josh, he liked him, and he wanted to get that RB3. But, you know, you do have to start three wide receivers every single week. you got to make it through the bye weeks and the injuries and the bad play and the tough matchups. you got to have four, five, six options to pick from to navigate the FFW Seawaters, especially for a, for a long season. So I agree it's tough. But I like Jacobs in the, as a whole, as a value, but I love those wide receivers where I'm getting them in this, in this range. I love being chase Ayuk in that in that range, Frankie. Yeah, no, definitely. Obviously, uh, I mean, everyone already knows that I'm extremely high going into the 2021 season on T. Higgins. Uh, I think Brandon Ayuk is right in That's that same tier as well. Yeah, but T. Higgins is definitely my guy this year for a breakout player to really emerge and take over and possibly finish in the top ten in all of fantasy. I think that he is really ready to emerge. I mean, my projections have that last year that the player that I was all over was Calvin Ridley. We saw the way that he performed at an elite option. Now, obviously, we're seeing him maybe go in some drafts in the first round tonight. He went the first pick of the second round on the wraparound to T12. Uh, obviously, so we we know that Calvin Ridley is a player that, you know, I was a one-year early on, and I think that I'm going to be one-year early on T. Higgins as well. I really do think that he's ready to eat in that Cincinnati situation, so I give game time a real uh, kudos there for landing him in the middle of the fifth round after taking Kyle Pitts 
and J.K. Dobbins there. I like that middle three. It's a nice core in rounds three, four, five, and then following that back up with Trace Thurman, who I think has tremendous upside in round six. And how can you not love the, the you know, the obviously the rookie of the year last year in round seven, Justin Herbert at for his quarterback situation. So after taking Eckler and A.J. Brown, I really do think that right now from that particular hole right now, game time is having one of the best drafts through uh, <laughs> 10 rounds of this draft tonight. I always think when I'm listening to Frankie, Corey, I always, I always feel like he's, he's, um, he's calling a horse race. And you've got the eight oh, pick with it. You've got the eight pick going down the back stretch, and he's got, the, you know, it's just like he's like he's at the he's at the OTB, right? He's just he's the horse. listen. I, no, put put me back there. I'll make money there too. Don't worry, <laughs> Corey. Uh, I'm okay with Travis Kelsey taking a tight end early. I'm okay with uh, taking Darren Waller, who we didn't talk about. A Raider, the most important Raider of all. I'm okay with Darren. I think Darren Waller can, again, I mean, he won people fantasy leagues and won them their fantasy championships last year. Didn't have a great, uh, you know, finish there at the very, very end, but put up monster, monster numbers uh, the entire year. I mean, just a fantastic winner. And now you're paying a second round price for him. How many George Kittle teams, Corey, are you going to have this year? You've got to pay a third Doesn't round price. Like he's for becoming the forgotten, Doesn't it feel like it feels like he's becoming the forgotten man? Yeah, no you know, you kind of feel like he's yeah, he's becoming the forgotten man in the tight end thing, and I'm like, wow, Waller's pushed ahead of Kittle now. Um, I, I think a lot of it maybe has to do with just a negative feeling on Jimmy Garoppolo. But listen, he gets the ball to George Kittle. Um, yeah. Third round pick, I have no problem with it. Um, okay. Maybe the forgotten tight end, but he, you know, you get a full complement of, of San Francisco weapons on offense. There's enough to go around for everybody. I don't mind Kittle. I'm not picking him that early, but it's not a problem there. I probably would try to, you know, look for something a little bit better. Not not better, but something more economic as far as draft capital. Uh, Hawkinson is even pushing up the board, too. He was a player I like a lot. And now you also have Kyle Pitt, who is also, you know, the new the, the, the new shiny toy. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have any Kyle Pitts this year, but I think Pitts is an interesting guy. But I kind of, like I said, when you talk about Kyle Pitts, I can remember four or five years ago talking about O.J. Howard the same way. Yeah, uh, George Kittle, ADP of thirty-three point eight. He has a high in his he has a high low window of twenty-eight to fifty-three. Look at that spread, mm-hmm. twenty-eight to fifty-three. Okay, there's a lot of indecision there about George Kittle, but coming off an eighty-five catch season in twenty nineteen. We know he's capable of, of, of doing big things. Uh, Frankie, Kyle Pitts is the one that, you know, look, we did see, I think Austin Hooper had 75 catches for Matt Ryan. If Austin Hooper a couple of years ago in 20, could have 75 catches with Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts comes in, his ADP, high-low window, uh, 46 to 72. It's even bigger than George Kittle's. I mean, there's people that are taking him at the end of the fourth round. And there's people taking him all the way at the end of the sixth round. We're talking about the last 10 online championship drafts. Huge draft window for Kyle Pitts. No, it well, definitely me, is. But for, for me, guys, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't touch a, a tight end now. I, I still think it's a position that you still look to avoid. If you're, not, if you're not getting Travis Kelsey, for me, maybe Darren Waller, but it's still going to leave me on alert for those additional positions. For me, you're the tight end position will hope. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying in. I'll still – I did several nope guys, Kittle. Scotty, we've talked about it. Nope, no Kittle for me. 
uh, I'm passing, and I'll get my my tight end in the 12, 13, 14, 15th round. I'll get okay. one of those guys and just plug it in, and then I'll do what we always do, guys. Stream, stream, stream away. Okay. Corey? Man, you know, listen, what Frankie is saying is kind of gospel, but by the same right. token, in the FFWC, the most successes I've had, I've had it when I've had tight ends that finish in the top two or three. You know what I mean? Now, right. how many tight ends are you going to – like, see, the, here's the thing. I think years in the past you could find – like, Waller was one of those tight ends you found later in drafts, and he later out to be a, a stud – yeah, exactly, a stud tight end. But when you start paying for tight ends, it kind of takes something out of it unless – like, you know, Kelsey – I can right. I get it, but like Frankie said, but the rest of them is like, oh, uh, it's very tricky. And then I the one time I did pay it for Kelsey, it, it, it hurt. Now, mind you, when I when I when I had a, one of my big FFWC wins, I got Kelsey in like the ninth round. This is you know obviously right. a, a few right. a number of years ago in 2016. Um, so yeah. you know it wasn't the same then. It kind of was his initial breakout, but now you see where he is one of the top players in fantasy. But I I'm think trying you to get. On a on a on on a fit or a Gasecki or something like that. You you might not have to go that far, uh, Corey. You I think you might have nailed it. Look, uh, T.J. Hawkinson's ADP sixty two. His high on his ADP window is fifty. His low is seventy three. I mean, you can get him at the end of the sixth round. And now let me remind you guys who he's competing for targets against: Quintus Cephas, Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perryman. Amon Ross St. Brown, Geronimo Allison, Damian Ratley, Khalif Raymond, Sage Surratt, Hunter Bryant at tight end. That's who he's competing for. I mean, he might and be Corey that Foster. 90 catch guy. Yeah, you <laughs> might, might be that 90 catch that guy. To list too. <laughs> with, with, my, with my planter, with planter for sliders. No, but here's the thing. <laughs> Listen, it's a lot of targets there. But like in the quarterback, get him the football. Like you don't have Sean McVay in your ear until you, until you snap the ball. Gary Goff oh. is a stiff. Oh, come on. Come on. That is Sean McVay blamed his lack of ability to get back to the Super Bowl and win it on Jared Goff. Now, granted, you're not going to turn down Matt Stafford if you have a chance, but he had an opportunity to blame it on somebody but him. He's a vain guy, man. I'm telling you. I I mean, I like him as a, okay, I like it. You know, the things he, but again, we all know this, right? I mean, this was a, this was a blame job. And I'm not saying that Goff is special by any means. Uh, especially if you're, you know, you're watching the NFC West games, those defenses, you know, they, 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 they exposed golf's weaknesses, but you don't have to have the best quarterback in the league to have a good thing, to have a good NFL team, right? You don't have to have the best. You don't well, have to well, have the worst. Well, the, the Buccaneers just won the Super Bowl, Scott. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I know. So there you go. And they played the Chiefs. So, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that, that's kind that, of Yeah, but, Jim, but like Jimmy this. Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo was just in the Super Bowl. And uh, he had a chance to hit Emmanuel Sanders to win that game and miss the He throw. did. He did. Yes, he did. Uh, Corey, uh, look, we, we love you, man. Where, where can everybody find your stuff? I know you're on Twitter at the Fantasy Exec. Where else can they find you? NBC Sports Edge, and we should have some news coming soon. Fantastic, man. We hope we, we hope we can see you on some uh, on some shows, on some pods. I hope to want, flip on my TV and see some NBC stuff with the fantasy exec. Couple of couple of hits. That'd be nice. Well, it'd be nice once we get past the Olympics. We might be able to make something happen for you, my man. All right, man. All right, well, be good, buddy. Take we'll care. talk to you later. All right, Frankie. All right.
I'll holler at you. Take it easy, brother. Talk to you soon. All right. In my opinion, that was one of the best things we ever created. We created that podcast at SI Fantasy. We had it. Uh, It was going great. Uh, The Corey, we had Doc and and Frankie and Fabs. That was one hell of a a podcast and a rotation. It was a lot of fun. The betting show um, and the the fantasy show, a lot of stuff. Frankie, uh, you've also got uh, the SI thing going strong with SI uh, betting, uh, SI bets and SI. Uh, you also have the uh, the Vegas Whispers. Uh, I'll tell you, the, the picks are just phenomenal. This stuff is incredible. I don't think we've ever had a better June in ever, ever might be. I mean, that was the hottest June I've ever seen. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Sorry. I muted you. Sorry, Frankie. Yeah. Accidentally. Go ahead. Start yeah, over. I no had problem. you muted. Uh, yeah, no. I'm here. I'm here. I was just going to say that historically, June is one of the best months for the shops, specifically in Major League Baseball wagering, especially because of the fact that they usually take a about a good three to six weeks to really let their algorithms and models really formulate and really bake in. And once it does, they find lines to be able to uh, really attack and exploit. And boy, did they do it. And on top of it, once again, the not only that, are they on top of it? They also crushed the home run derby as well this year. Um, mm-hmm. One of the players that we gave the winner uh, from the New York Mets at plus 550. Uh, so that was Pete Alonzo. And then we mm-hmm. nailed uh, all of our prop bets. And we had the, the, the uh, one of the best, you know, sh- uh, stories, a guy from by the name of Trey Mancini, who a lot of people know from the Baltimore Orioles, Came back from uh, you know from you know cancer and uh, and really and made it to the finals and we had him yep. just to win his first round matchup at plus two hundred so it's been really good and was you know was rolling again uh, we hit the uh, Houston Astros tonight first five uh, first five line they won that two to one and now we're waiting on uh, looking at the Los Angeles Dodgers on the run line tonight and right now in the seventh inning they're up ten to four. So it looks like we're going to sweep the board once again in Major League Baseball uh, wagering for Vegas Whispers. Love it. It's like printing money. You definitely get your membership uh, paid for right out of VegasWhispers.com. Uh, Frankie, let's talk about this. A uh, couple of these strategies here that I like. The third round is very interesting. I see landmines and I see gold mines, right? J.K. Dobbins, is he more landmine or is he more gold mine in the third round? I think he's. I think he's gold mine there. I, I I would much rather. I'm looking at all these picks that went obviously in the third round, and you know we see that it starts at the wraparound. I love pick uh, number one of the third round, three point one right there. Your boy Keenan Allen come right mm-hmm. back. We see Antonio Gibson, but for me, I think. J.K. Dobbins, I almost would have liked to have seen Fantasy Noob maybe slide him up a little bit, but I can understand the love for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I'm just not so sold after what I saw last year in that Kansas City offense. If a running back like Clyde Edwards-Alaire is really going to be the emergent, dominant running back that you're going to want in that third round, you know, and really get the value for the fantasy uh, investment that you're putting at, you know, 3.3 there, but I really do think in terms of fantasy goal mine or landmine, I think J.K. Dobbins is sitting on a big year for the Baltimore Ravens. I think we see a little bit of a regression this year in the rushing yards for Lamar Jackson. I think he's starting to take a little bit more of a pounding. He's got a few more seasons under his belt. I think he sees that, you know, even though he's a big guy and he's a big dude and can take the pounding, 
He's going to want to start to preserve his body, and I think that's going to open up more opportunities for J.K. Dobbins to really eat. The kid performed at an elite level at Ohio State, and I think he's ready to perform at elite level in the NFL. Yeah, game time took him right there at his ADP of 31. His high-low window is 25 to 37, so it's anywhere in that third round. I mean, somebody's going to take a shot on him, and and I I get why people are worried. Lamar Jackson is the best running back on the team. Uh, He's going to take about a third of those rushing carries and rushing yards every single season, and you got to compete with Gus Edwards stealing the show and just making you mad and angry all the time. I mean, I... I get it. Let's talk about the next player. Right after him, resistance is futile, takes Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry, who flashed really well as a rookie, uh, came back last year, wasn't, uh, you know, had issues there. ADP is very tight. This window surprises me. I don't think I've seen such a tight window. 27 to 33. That's a very tight window there where he's going as wide receiver 12. But a lot of people are talking about the football team. You heard Corey talk about him, and now, uh, you know, He's got, a, he's got an opportunity with Fitzpatrick to let him, uh, you know, air it out, and uh, Scary Terry would be the beneficiary. Yeah, I do think that's a great pick. For me, I would have really been torn and, and, and really, you know, splitting hands right there between Terry McLaurin and the player who went two picks before him and C.D. Lamb. I'm really high on C.D. I think that he's going to have a better year and outperform any of the other wide receivers that on the uh, Dallas Cowboy roster. I think C.D. Lamb is really ready to take over that sole position and that top wide receiver one uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, the same way that we saw Calvin Ridley do that over Julio Jones last year in Atlanta. But I think that Terry McLaurin, you're right, this is definitely a fantasy gold mine as opposed to a fantasy landmine. I think Gary Terry is sitting on a huge year, and I definitely think that that's a player that I will be targeting in the third round of almost all drafts when it's if I have the opportunity. If he doesn't go off the board, he ain't making it past me. So if any of the drafters are behind me sitting in round three, you better plan on taking him because he ain't going to get to you. In round, you're going to want to take him in round two because he's not coming to make it back to you in round three. Yeah, and then you talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, he really, even though they handed the reins to Tua, and I get it, you know, you got you got to see what the kid mm-hmm. can do. Fitzpatrick didn't really give him any reason to do that because he was putting up either a 300-yard game or a three-touchdown game pretty much every single week. It seemed like he had found his groove as an, a 17-year uh, veteran. I mean, that's a, you know I, I don't know how long he's been in the league. It's been incredible. It's been a great run. Um, and when he was a Jets quarterback, you know, he really started to turn it on there at the end too, but had you know times where he couldn't win the big game. Um, I, nobody expects really Washington to win the big game, but putting up fantasy stats has never been really Fitzpatrick's problem. So uh, dumpers to Gibson, lobbing it to Logan Thomas, and throwing it to Scary, McClary, uh, Scary Terry McLaurin, uh, a little same in there. I think, I think that'll be fun to watch. Uh, Corey, I'm, I'm sorry, Frankie, you've also got other picks here in this third round. Amari Cooper, DeAndre Swift, and round out the three. When you're sitting here... And you're also looking at players like Chris Godwin, Miles Sanders, Mike Evans. It's really like a no man's land to me. Like I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do when I'm at this point in the draft. And I'm like, I don't know how long it took them to take Amari Cooper here, but I guess out of all of us, I guess he's the safest, I guess. But there's a little more excitement, you know, about CeeDee Lamb. It's like, but you've got the Tampa wide receivers. You've got the Detroit running backs and the Seattle. What do you do in this little part of the draft here? It's really, really tough to pin down. 
Yeah, well, I think we got to give a lot of kudos here to Crypto Monkeys because I think that, you know, obviously he starts off with Devontae Adams, comes right back with Joe Mixon. You alluded to the fact that he, you know, drafted Amari Cooper there. Now, for me, I personally might have probably gone Chris Godwin there, but thankfully for him, and fortunately, <laughs> he got him who back. comes right back, who, he gets Chris Godwin, and, you know, it comes right back to him in the wraparound, you know, literally four picks later. So the board falls right to him, and then what happens? Come right back around in round five. Another guy that I, I kind of, for me, would have maybe, I actually would have thought about going rounds three and four, Godwin Ayuk, and instead he goes Amari Cooper, Godwin, and who's sitting there in round five when it comes around, Scotty? Brandon Ayuk. I mean, you couldn't have this board fall better than it did for Crypto Monkeys. I think that his – obviously, I am in love with three out of his first four wide receivers. Amari Cooper, I'm a little bit down on, as I alluded to. I think C.D. Lamb is going to be the wide receiver one and be the guy to really eat from Dak Prescott this year. But I love Devontae Adams. Obviously, that you know, that's no matter who's under center for them, even if it's Jordan Love, you've got to still love Devontae Adams because you know the rookie is going to depend on him. When I say rookie, we obviously know that he's – not a rookie this season, but he'll be a rookie in the NFL season. So, obviously, we're going to be looking at him. You know, Jordan Love, you're going to want him no matter what in terms of Devontae Adams. No matter what, he's the best wide receiver probably in the NFL. But Godwin, the way that he did and come back with Ayuk, I love Crypto Monkeys there. I think his wide receiver core going with those three wide receivers there is easily top three among all of the wide receiver cores that I see. I also, you got to love what, you know, Team 12 did with Tyree Kill and Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods. You also got to love, obviously, game time that we alluded to with A.J. Brown and T. Higgins. And, you know, and, and obviously, you know, room at the top. I think uh, C.D. Lamb, D.J. Moore, and you alluded to that offense, you know, and, and uh, earlier when you were talking about uh, San Francisco and obviously, but, you know, Samuel, Debo Samuel right there. So there's a chance there that those are some really good wide receiver cores. But obviously, right now, for me, on paper, Crypto Monkeys might have the best one, two, three, as you alluded to. you got a lot of navigating to do during the season with injuries, bye weeks. And, you know, he could probably flex in and out of the line of Fiatu, Amari Cooper. He still, you know, he's able to get, you know, Curtis Samuel later on, and as well as uh, your, your guy, uh, Mooney there in the in the ninth round so obviously his wide receivers he's really going to be set so i think crypto monkeys is really having one of the strongest drafts right now drafting out of the 10 hole yeah it's hard to find um it's hard to find uh like last week we did we had teams we liked teams we didn't this this draft there's teams you like but there's also there's a lot of good well-rounded teams it's like they 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 kind of have seen enough drafts now to kind of know what they're doing. They have a plan and they're sticking to it. I see a lot of good teams here. I'm really interested in how the Tampa receiver situation plays out. You're getting really good value with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You talk about Tom Brady being the fantasy, you know, volume hog here to take care of all of these weapons that he has. And he did just fine with it last year. He passed for over 300 yards in eight games. And four of those outings came from week 15 to 18 when the, you know, in the weeks that counted and he had three touchdowns or more, 11 of his 20 games. So he did, he did what he need, what he needed to do. Maybe not, um, you know, uh, he's got a lot of mouths to feed, right? So I guess that's pushing him down. Uh, But it is interesting, right? Breeze is gone. Breeze finally retired and said, look, I can't get rid of this Brady guy. 
I'm gonna gonna ha- I'm gonna have to let him have the passing yards record, right? And that's what Brady's gonna get this year. He needs 1154 yards to do it. He's finally gonna get it, and maybe we finally see the end of Tom Brady, right? He finally he just had to one of them had to finally call it quits, and Breeze finally called it quits. So Br- Breeze is done. Brady gets his yards. And look, Antonio Brown's going to – I've seen Antonio Brown start to, to, write, to rise uh, his ADP is up, right? And he's starting to climb. And this draft, he's wide receiver 43. It's like, didn't they get the memo? Haven't they been watching? The ADP's been climbing on this guy. Let me look. Uh, Antonio Brown, right here. Where is he on the ADP? I'm looking at FFWC ADP. There he is. Uh, wide receiver 40. Yeah, he's climbing to wide receiver 40 with a 69 to 95 ADP. So, yeah, look, it's right in there. Uh, that's fine. You guys are all over it. Um, I mean, he has been climbing as high as the late sixth round. Uh, so the seventh round, you know, people let him go. I think that might be a mistake because I think uh, talking about Antonio Brown specifically, didn't he – I mean, look, we can't expect him to come in off the street last year. Brown, but he did get going late in the season, right? So he caught 45 of his 62 targets for 480 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, that's a nice pace. He's on. He was on pace coming off the street, not playing for 90 catches, 966 and eight scores on 124 targets. That's a top 20 wide receiver, and we're letting him slide this far. Yeah, it, it's tough. I think I, I think this is a player with a really high ceiling and a really scary floor when you talk about really? it as well. Because yeah, and I'll be I'll, I'll, like you said. I mean, listen. He, here's here's the thing. Let's look at it this way. Yeah. Look at this particular draft board tonight. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Matthew Stafford were all drafted ahead of Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if those four guys are going to be drafted ahead of Tom Brady, is it safe to assume that maybe the stats won't be there if Godwin and Evans are going to be able to eat? There's not only so many bulls to go around. So if yeah. this in this particular fantasy draft, if everyone is – letting Tom Brady go to QB 13 off the board and having Joe Burrow off a knee injury, Ryan Tannehill perennially not a playing in an offense that's predicated upon the run with Derrick Henry, Matthew Stafford, everyone's love and fatuation of this year going into the Los Angeles now and playing for uh, the Rams. And then Jalen Hurts, who, you know, there's a lot of unknown there, but huge upside. Um, so we look at that, a and mistake. then we even it's see a like Aaron Rodgers. It's a, a mistake, mistake Scotty. Yeah, goes. it's a mistake, Frankie. He he threw for forty hundred yards and forty touchdowns, and it's Tom Brady. They threw for six hundred and ten passing attempts. They let this guy have at it, and they're going to do it again, right? He was he was second in the league in pass attempts. So only only trailed Matt Ryan, I think. Uh, six hundred and ten passing attempts. I mean, that's volume. Forty six hundred yards and forty touchdowns. Okay, he's going to do that. Similar, similar to that. Again, there's no reason for him not to. He's got weapons all over. I mean, they gave him the farm, and Antonio Brown now healthy with a year under his belt. I, I like what Sean said. That's, that's his new Wes Welker. That's his new guy to just dink, 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 and let him make plays. 
and he's more electric than any of the the, the slot you know type players that he's had you, before. So you, de- you, de- you definitely could be right. You definitely could be right. Well, let me ask you this, Scotty. Where do you mm-hmm. right now in your early preseason charts have Tom Brady slotted? Is Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, Jalen Hurts, and Matthew Stafford behind Brady or in front of Brady? Oh, behind, behind, behind. I yeah, actually, all, I actually all, do. All, I do all have four of those I, guys are behind. I have the old guys ahead of the younger guys. I have the Tom Brady and the Matt Stafford. I won't touch Aaron Rodgers because I just have I have a feeling that he might just sit and pout. Uh, but I have Tom Brady and Matt Stafford ahead of all those guys you just mentioned. I obviously didn't mention Kyler there, right? So I, I mean, I put Kyler, Allen, Mahomes up there at the top. Um, uh, I really don't want anything to do with Dak Prescott. I just I just don't. So I usually will pass on that, and I'll take Lamar all day every day. Uh, but after those oh, guys, of course you're taking that. There's no shock there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but um, after after that, yeah. I mean, give give me uh, and Russell too. I, I love. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm perfectly fine with Russell. But look, I mean, Tom Brady, come on, come on. What are we talking about? They loaded him up. They've got he's got tons of weapons, and oh man, it's just it's not fair. It shouldn't. It's just not fair to the rest of the league that he's going to do what he what he's what he's going to do. I mean, he's going to do it again, right? So let's talk about some of these teams, Frankie. Um, you, you've already brought several of them up here. Uh, we talk about the quarterback tight end ratio. If you take a quarterback early in the FFWC, typically you shouldn't take a tight end early also because then mm-hmm. you're hurting trying to put together that wide receiver uh, set every every week. Can you still hear me okay? Yes, I totally hear you. I'm here. Okay, I heard uh, I had a I had uh, one of those disconnect buzz um, little audio sounds in my ear like some like something disconnected. I wanted to make sure it wasn't my headset. But typically, you don't take a tight end and a quarterback early in the FFWC because you have to start at least three. I think people in your head you get it stuck with oh I got to start three I got to start two. No 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 you got to start at least three and at least two and at least one and then two more every single week and so when you that's what people i mean you, you get sort of you get sort of you know lizard brain of a little bit trying to think the two and the three i got that i got that you need those flex options and you need them every single week and that means even when there's four and five teams on by and that means when there's and you have a couple of guys hanged up oh and you got a COVID alert on one and oh and one of the guys has a terrible matchup against Tredavious White this week. A lot of things you have to navigate in FFWC and taking tight end and quarterback early, like I think you alluded to this earlier. Typically, it's a losing situation and proposition. But look at the top of this board, bro. Look at all of the red and all of the blue. At the, I mean, is this because this is the red versus blue league? Look at all the red and blue in the early five and six rounds here. It's it's honestly one of the – it looks like, you know, uh, you, you're right. It, it, I, I've never seen this many red and blue stickers this early on, especially in the, in, in the FFWC. I mean, historically, yeah. most people wait. You, you, you're the only one that you're normally seeing right now, even in early drafts that I've taken part in, is seeing Mahomes and Josh Allen are the only two to really go within the first four rounds. Okay. Well, uh, let's, let's look else, at the next quarterback is usually round six or seven tonight. We started seeing you know guys flying off the board as well as all these tight ends. Okay. Well, we got team one. We've got team four. So we got Bada Bing only had one tight end through eight rounds. LV Raider has one quarterback through eight rounds. Okay. There's Fantasy Noob has one tight end through eight rounds. Uh, room at the at the to has one quarterback through eight rounds. Okay, 
uh, Game Time has a quarterback tight end. Resistance has a quarterback tight end. Skull Crusher quarterback tight end. Austin Ravens quarterback tight end. Crypto Monkeys doesn't have a tight end or a quarterback till round 11. So I think they got your memo. Um, and, and then you wonder why he was fortunate enough to, to, to really land those three wide receivers that we alluded to. Yeah, right. exactly. And that's why he Samuel had Godwin Mooney. and Ayuk fold him. Ayuk, ETN, yeah, all those guys. Up, uh, Ted Junkies. They don't have a quarterback or a tight end until Ryan Knight. See, some of these guys, look at that, look at that. Boom, three running backs and then five wide receivers before they ever get to a quarterback and a tight end and take an Aaron Rodgers in the ninth round. And then finally release the Kraken, uh, a tight end, not until round eight. So it, it is about half and half. There's about half the teams that are going for it. And look, it's, it's fine. If you take a, a quarterback and a tight end, you just better nail your picks. And if you're nailing your picks, then you're okay. That's what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break, right after this. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere to lead the pack. At Augusta, he's on his final hole. He's about 455 yards away. He's going to hit about a two iron, I think. Well, he got all of that. The crowd is standing on his feet here at Augusta. The normally reserved Augusta crowd. Going wild. For this young Cinderella, who's come out of nowhere, he's got about 350 yards left. He's going to hit about a five-iron, I expect, don't you think? He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad, oh, he got all of that one. He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left, and he's going to... Looks like he's got about an eight iron. This crowd has gone deadly silent. Cinderella story, out of nowhere. A former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hey, I'm All right, Frankie, you are my Masters champion. Let's take a call from 651 before we talk about all the cool stuff going on at uh, full time in the FFWC. 651, you're on Red versus Blue. Hey, it's Greg from Skull Crusher. All right. Uh, Skull Crusher's Greg Koch. Welcome to Red versus Blue. Let's talk about your team a little bit. You went with Ezekiel Elliott. We talked about that. You took the last running back. It's probably a little bit of a gift. And then you paired it up with Justin Jefferson, back with George Kittle and Josh Allen, a powerhouse combo there. How did he do, Frankie, with pairing up his running back wide receiver with a tight end and a quarterback? I, I, listen, I, I, I think he did really well there. I mean, I, I, you got to love the start of Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's going to be in for a bounce-back season. I love Justin Jefferson. you got to love what the, you saw from him in his rookie campaign. I don't think you're going to see any kind of sophomore uh, jinx or sophomore slide. Obviously, getting, you know, uh, you know, Allen in the fourth round, you know, obviously that's one of the best quarterbacks not named Patrick Mahomes in fantasy football going forward. Then he has all the upside in, in Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. And mm-hmm. He got your guy. He got your guy as well. He got Antonio Brown there late. Yep. So I think you're having a real a real strong uh, draft there, buddy. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Really yeah, I think, yep, I think Frankie uh, known that he's probably not a George Kittle guy, but I'm okay with that because we saw that 85-catch season in 2019. And, look, this is a team that's going it. You're, you're, you're obviously trying to win it all here. You've got one of the top two quarterbacks. You've got one of the top three tight ends uh, and a great running back wide receiver start. And then you 
got to let, let's let's see how this lineup looks, right? You you in week, you know, you're going to start Zeke and Kareem Hunt every week and Kareem Hunt can hold it down as a as a backup there because he gets touchdowns, he's very potent again in the red zone, he gets those receptions, he chubs a little, you know, Robin to to Batman there. Uh, a little bit of depth with Tony Pollard and Lamar, uh, Latavius Murray. So, you, you know, you can still stick, uh, start stacking some young guns there to help out. But let's – because you're going to be starting three – you're going to be starting four or five unless you can get a flex tight end here. Uh, Jefferson, Chase, Boyd. Okay, you're all in on the Bengals. And Antonio Brown is your four. That's perfectly fine. Those are all perfectly startable. And Marquise Brown probably starts for you week one uh, with with uh, Baltimore. Frankie, uh, Marquise Brown as your flex two in a year that he doesn't have to ha- doesn't have all of the weight of the world on his shoulder. Look, we never we knew he wasn't a number one, right? Uh, they got Rashad Bateman to be the number one. Now Rashad Bateman might not be the number one this year, but eventually that's what's going to go down in Baltimore. No, definitely. I think there's tremendous value and tremendous upside on Marquise Brown. He's one of those sleepers with high upside. You just got to hope that he just emerges as a guy who can do more than just be that quote-unquote home run hitter. Home run hitter, yeah. You, to, you, you, need more, you need more than that, that two, for, two for 80 and hope to get in the end zone. You got to hope that he can start to get more plays and more slant passes and or maybe you know more passes along the line of scrimmage in that Baltimore offense where you can maybe you know start to depend more on five for seventy and and be able to get double digit points without really having to depend on getting into the touchdown. You you know you really don't want that touchdown dependent guy uh, when you're going to be flexing him you know in order for you to reach uh, and attain double digit points on a weekly basis. Marquise Brown has that upside and hopefully he can reach that uh, this year. He's definitely a guy that's sliding down boards and you're really going to find value and really could you can really find gold in that ninth tenth round depending on where you're able to get him. I think gold pressure was here tonight was able to get him in round nine and there's tremendous value there and being able to find him there but you just got to really hope that he really can emerge as one of those guys that can start to catch more passes on a consistent basis because you really yeah. don't want especially if you're going to be depending on him from that flex spot you don't want him to be a guy that needs to be touchdown dependent to get the double digits yeah you know okay. uh greg uh they, a lot of people may be surprised that, that hollywood brown finished 58 catches 769 yards and eight touchdowns on 100 targets he did have nine drops but that's pretty solid uh, for a guy. Uh, that's a wide receiver three price tag. Finished as the 36th highest scoring wide receiver in PPR league. That's that's pretty phenomenal, uh, actually, for that offense and for Lamar's development and for Hollywood Brown's development. That's a that's a great second season. I mean, this is this will be this will be here to make it count. I was hoping he'd go right into. The, they were talking about putting him in the slot full time too. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. I like your Cole Beasley. Pick. Late. I love that pick in the 12th round. Uh, phenomenal. And then obviously you got Janu and Gronk um, to pair because we potentially being a team that needs to start a, a tight end two every once in a while yeah. as that flex um, because of the running back situation is pre- right. predominantly Zeke and Kareem Hunt right now. So let's see. Maybe you can maybe you can find a, a sleeper there. And then and the rest of it is is, uh, is gravy, baby. Good job, man. All right. Hey, thank you. Have a good day. All right, that was Greg uh, Skull Crushers. Um, yeah, I want to remind everybody this is uh, Full Time Fantasy. You can find the leagues at fulltimefantasy.com, and you can find the draft lobby at playffwc.com. We're in ninth season. 
uh, out in Vegas, $150,000 grand prize, the largest league anywhere in the industry. You can win over 12000 in your league and 10000 take home $10,000. That's what was important to us is that you can win $10,000 if you win and dominate your league. Um, let's take another call, 917. Another 917 number, Frankie. Uh, I don't know if this is your family or not. 917, you're on Red versus Blue. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys, it's Ash. Oh, all right. Ash is here. Talk about your draft, big man. What's uh, you know, I, I, I like it. I got snaked a couple of times, um, you know, so I had to pivot. But I uh, definitely love my wide receivers. The first four, I think I got some real good depth and uh, starters that can put up some really good points for me. Uh, you know, obviously my running backs, I got to hit on the rookies. Um, but I think overall, I love, I like Jalen Hurts where I got him. I, I know, like, uh, you guys were talking about Brady, but I think Jalen Hurts is another running back for me who will put up uh, – you know, seven hundred something yards rushing and maybe six touchdowns. So I'm I'm happy with him where I got him, and then I backed him up with Tannehill just in case it doesn't work out. Yeah, this is this is a release to Kraken, Frankie. He was the runner-up last year. So did you think of what you need to do to get over the hump? Uh, was there anything specifically you looked at last year and you said, man, was it just the stretch run the last three weeks of the season that it just didn't do enough? Yeah, I think I, I, I'm trying to remember my team. I'm in so many leagues in your, oh, yeah. uh, in, uh, yep. yeah, you know, so I can't, you know, can't remember all of them off the top of my head. But, um, you know, I, I, I liked my team last year. I think I got some issues late in the year. Um, you know, always depth is an issue. You, you lose a running back or a wide receiver. Um, and, or, you know, sometimes you just have a bad game. You know, uh, the playoffs come around and, you know, Kareem Hunt had a bad game. I don't know if I had him on this team. Um, you know, some guys will just have a bad clunker of a game for you, and it can cost you. Frankie, you guys have done a lot of analysis on Jalen Hurts. Uh, I've I've heard people talk about Joe Flacco maybe having to replace him by the if it's not working out. And then I've also heard a story this week about Deshaun Watson might be the best landing spot for Philadelphia. What is going on with the wide range of, of Jalen Hurts predictions here? Is it just because they're desperate and they can't, they can't bear the thought of, of uh, being second fiddle out in the East? Yeah, I totally think that's the case. I, I, I really do think that released the crack. And, I, you know, Scotty, you and I have talked about this already on this program. You and I have also talked about, spoken about this, you know, uh, privately, off the, off the air as well. I think that Jalen Hurts is in for a tremendous season. So I, I love that. And I think that he – you know, listen, I know there's a lot of people out there that worry about his accuracy at this level and things like that, but this kid has done nothing short of winning everywhere that he's been. He won in Alabama. He, then, he, you know, obviously what he needed to do is, you know, he came in there and won national championships when, when uh, Nick Saban needed him. Then he goes to, uh, you know, obviously, you know, leaves there and goes to Oklahoma and really performs again at another elite level. And, and last year when he came in, obviously, you know, late in the season, he performed an elite level. Yeah, he really flashed some strong ability. So, I mean, I think that Release the Kraken has one of the best teams right now. I love his first two picks. I think that out of that 12 hole, I mean, I think he's extremely fortunate to get Tyreek Hill and the guy that I absolutely love. Loved him last year. And I think he's going to continue to uh, eat this year in Calvin Ridley. Then I love his pick of uh, Javante Williams in the in the fifth round. Uh, you listen, listen, you know, we know that we don't need to talk about the guy in the seventh round. We're all very high on him, Michael Carter. Um, in that New York Jets situation, 
Then Dallas Gobert, you know, you obviously released the crack and you waited on that tight end run that you saw in front of him. You saw literally six tight ends go off the board before, and then we see Dallas Gobert just obviously fall into your lap, and you wait, get wait, that wait. connection later on. Wait, 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 wait. I heard it pronounced Gobert. I thought it was it, Goddard. It go- Dallas Gobert? It's Goddard? I don't I mean, I always thought Go it was there, Goddard. Goddard, whatever it is, I, I apologize, whatever he is, as long as he puts points up, because I have him in several of my leagues. So you can call him anything, just don't call him that he doesn't get touchdowns. Uh, uh, let's just go on Jalen Hurts again. I, I remember Fabs called him a top Love 10. I, I know you called him top 10. Uh, but he did only complete 52% of his pass attempts. So that, that's, yeah, that's woefully low, right, for the NFL. Right, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a successful quarterback in the NFL, and you got to make plays, and so look, he's got weapons now. He's got Devonta Smith, he's got uh, Jalen Rieger in his second year, he's got Dallas Godair. Uh he, he's got weapons. He's got Miles Sanders in the backfield, so uh, he's got a, he's got a lot going for him. Uh, Ash, good to have you on, man. What 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 do you got to going on between now and um, and the start of the season? Uh, no, a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, I'm joining a bunch of leagues. Uh, I'm already in a couple of uh, WCs with you guys and uh, doing a little trip. Hopefully, get away for a while. I'm going to be in Portugal for a couple of weeks. So just uh, oh, nice. you know, having some fun and doing some traveling, you know. And do you have to have a vaccine passport with you when you're traveling to Portugal? Uh, you yeah, I'm doing a, a, a river cruise, so you got to have a okay. you have to have the vaccine to get on the river cruise. But uh, you know, I we took the vaccine and stuff and. Um, but yeah, I've been traveling. And you got to pack some tests with you too, don't you? Ago. No, they take care of it there. You know, they take, they care, take of care of it. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. And then I came back from Punta Cana, so I've been doing a lot of traveling and stuff. Um, Very you know, cool. Kind of get back into you know get back into it after having not traveled for a year and a half due to COVID. So. Yeah. Yeah. They, Are you they, planning they, on making they, any they, way out to Las Vegas for the uh, any any time during the football season? Well, I'm going to be going out for the World Series of Poker, playing in the main event. Sweet. Um, that's in a while. That's October this year now. That's that's November actually this year the main event. November. Okay. Do that and hopefully maybe catch it. The Raiders are playing the Chiefs for the, that week, so maybe I can get to see that game if I can get tickets. I hear they're really hard to come by. Yeah, hmm. then it, it's not easy. And hopefully, you'll, I'm sure you'll probably be, if you can get score tickets, you'll be starting me call Hardman that week, hoping he finds the end. <laughs> Yeah, that was another flyer, but I like him. If, if the reports are true where he's going to be the number two wide receiver, um, you know, I can uh, – and and also as a handcuff to uh, Tyreek just in case, you know. Yep. Definitely. And my boy Patrick will always find players open. Yeah, good to hear. Good to hear from you, Ash. Uh, good luck on the trip. Thanks. Have a lot of fun and stay safe, brother. Thank you, brother. Take care. All right. Ash has been with us for several years now and has been putting together some really good teams. Been been on the Red versus Blue show several times now, and um, you got to like the approach. It's the it's Javante Williams, Michael Carter. I love those high upside running backs to go with those high volume wide receivers in Ridley and Tyreek. That's uh, that's phenomenal, Frankie. Um, look, you definitely got to subscribe to Full Time Fantasy, guys. It, it helps us pay the bills. It helps us keep the lights on. It helps us bring in these best players in the world. And uh, keep them going with all the content and all the tools and the updated projections, all the jazz that you like. The ADP, uh, the advanced ADP here at the FFWC is a must-have if you are a fantasy drafter at the FFWC. It's like 12 bucks a month, and it uh, helps us out tremendously. We appreciate it. Let's take the 737 area code. 737. I don't know what that is. Frankie, you know what the 737 area code is? Don't Google it. 
No, I wouldn't know that. 737 area code? 737, you're on red versus blue. Is that Texas? Uh, is this me? You're on. I yeah, can hear you. Uh, no, actually, yeah, I am in Texas, but that's not a Texas area code. I think it's just a uh, IP phone. So, <laughs> ah, some random number. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, who is this? This is Austin Ravens fan, Jeff Jurist. Oh, what's up, Jeffrey? How are you? Talk about this draft tonight, brother. You've um, you, you've you've had several good drafts with us, and you bring up you took Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Patty Mahomes. You took the quarterback early. You took the bait. What did you have to chug a beer first before you were like, okay, I'll be that guy? Or were you were you look, looking forward to taking Mahomes there? Uh, you know, I just uh, had to stick to the board, and he was my top pick at the time. So uh, sometimes. <laughs> Depending on where you are, sometimes the, the apple falls. And I just felt like at that point, I didn't really have a choice. I had to take him. Would you have taken Terry McLaurin? Um, I believe I would have taken Dobbins. Dobbins was definitely okay. ahead. McLaurin, yeah. no. Fill, fill your RB1 Dobbins, role. Dobbins, your was, Dobbins was the one I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping yeah. for Dobbins, but I was, I was very happy to get my homes. And, and no no love for DeAndre Swift. Talk about why you didn't pull the the trigger on Swift there. I mean, is it Jamal Williams eating that lion share? Is that what you're is that what you're afraid of? Um, I just think uh, you know I, I know he did well. I just the new quarterback situation is not going to help him. Frankie, let's talk about DeAndre Swift real quick while we have a chance because here's here's a situation where you did have, I mean, you had Clyde Edwards Hilaire as soon as he was taken by the Chiefs. He became the de facto number one rookie running back last year. Before that happened, before the draft, DeAndre Swift was the number one running back looking at, uh, you know, dynasty, dynasty rookies. Everybody was like, he's the most talented guy. He's the guy to get um, out of Georgia, I believe. And so, uh, you know, look, he looked like he was pretty explosive when he touched the ball. Only had 160 touches last year in, th- in 13 games, but that led to 878 combined yards with 10 touchdowns and 46 catches. What's not to like? No, there isn't really not – there's not a lot, you know, that you really can't not to like really about DeAndre Swift. The issue is I spoke to several different sportsbook directors out here, and according to their early preseason power rankings, some of them actually have the Detroit Lions as the worst power-ranked team in the NFL this season. Oh, they are no. expecting tremendous. They're expecting tremendous regression from that team. And they also, early on, a lot, of the, a lot of the sharp people I spoke to as well plan on using the – fading the Detroit Lions in the first half, first maybe six to eight games of the NFL season in their survivor contest on a weekly basis. Okay. If they get by week one, they're going to week two, week three. One of their entries is going to be fading Detroit every week. No, but now that doesn't always translate because obviously we know just because your team is bad in reality doesn't mean that that team is bad in fantasy. Yeah. There's a lot of – as fantasy owners, we all know it. I'm sure Austin Ravens fan over here knows it as well. You know, there's a thing called garbage time. We love when teams are behind. The thing is, will DeAndre Swift be able to put up enough points in the passing game and be able to give you those points that you're looking for in a PPR league when the Detroit Lions are behind in the second half of games if the odds makers are spot on about their prediction of the Detroit Lions struggling in 2021. And if that's the case, 
DeAndre Swift is definitely going to eat. But if not, you're really going to have to be a little bit concerned okay. because I'm not so sure that you're going to see 20-plus carries a game for DeAndre Swift if they're behind in second half of games. Okay. All right. Well, look, I'm a, I'm a Dan Campbell guy, and, you know, I think you get Anthony Lynn as, um, you know, the new offensive uh, coordinator. And uh, that's that's okay. That's a better spot than head coach. And you can put the defense in the hands of Aaron Glenn. I, I like I like what they're putting together there. I think it might take a little time. But if there's no Aaron Rodgers in that division, you look out. Uh, Austin Ravens fan Jeffrey, let's let's talk about this team: Diggs, Hopkins, Mahomes, Sanders, Davis. A lot of people Woo-hoo. are talking about. Man, you got Davis as your anchor. Uh, nice safe pick there as your RB two. Love that. And then you decided to fire up and say, you know what? I'm going to take the tight end. You obviously see Andrews. At the end of a tier there, uh, you're taking him because we don't see another tight end until the eighth round. Talk about Mark Andrews uh, over another maybe wide receiver there. I, I actually have Andrews still ahead of Pitts. I think, uh, you know, okay. there's not, you know, as as far as rookie tight ends, mm-hmm. there there seems to always be somewhat of a cap there. That's about true. 70 receptions, which is not bad, which is not bad. Right. But uh, Andrews had a couple injuries last year. If he stays healthy, I think, uh, you know, he was pretty good with the injuries. So if he can stay healthy and play every game. He's a wide receiver, buddy. He, he's a he's a wide receiver. He's not a very good blocking tight end, that's for sure. But he can stretch the field. And um, he's a 75-catch guy probably. But maybe I mean, he'll make a run at 900 yards and double-digit touchdowns. All right, uh, and then let's talk about your wide receiver three, Jarvis Landry, wide receiver four, Marvin Jones. I see what you're doing now. You you had a hole to fill, and you said, I've got some safety valves here. Jarvis Landry, Marvin Jones may not light the world on fire, but they're going to be serviceable, and you're going to plug them in. Uh, who else did you get here? Amari Rogers with some upside, Randall Cobb with some upside. You even fire a couple more wide receivers here to finish the draft because everything else is looking solid, man. You don't need any help at quarterback. You got Mahomes, Brady, you got Andrews, Ingram. You've got, you've got running backs there. Um, I guess maybe you could, you, you could do e- either or here running back wide receiver, either, or I think uh, just to add a couple more flyers to the mix, somebody to hold on to until September. You could always cut them if it doesn't work out, but somebody, somebody with some upside. Well, I won't get away because I'm I'm on deck. But <laughs> my next my next pick okay. my next pick is a uh, is my sleeper of the year. Uh oh. Oh well, we gotta wait then, Frankie. Uh, we got <laughs> we got we got to keep we got to keep Jeffrey on the line here. Uh, let's look at this RB three Raheem Mostert in the seventh round. Frankie Raheem Mostert when he was healthy, he was a, he was an every week starter. Do you predict uh, – I know we talked about this last week. We talked about Trey Sermon eventually carving, uh, carving out a nice role here, but Raheem Mostert probably to start the year, he's probably going to be okay at the, at the beginning of the year. Oh, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, obviously Raheem Mostert, if he can stay healthy, is definitely a, a tremendous value pick there in round seven who can easily out uh, outperform his ADP right now. But the thing is a lot of fantasy owners are worried and skeptical about whether Raheem Mostert can find a way to stay on the field for all 17 games this season as opposed to 16 games. We know that there's an expanded added game this year, and that kind of hurts guys like Raheem Mostert that have been able to struggle to stay on the field for 16. So what's the guarantee? He can actually be there for 17. But if he can actually find a way to stay healthy behind that offensive line, Raheem Mostert will be an absolute steal and a player that will easily outperform his ADP of being drafted at an 8 or 9, depending on where you're able to get him in your draft. Yeah. And I actually really love – 
uh, Oscar Ravens. I, I like what you really did there as well in round 10, getting Gus Edwards as well. I think that Gus Edwards has a tremendous chance that if, if there's anything that should ever happen to J.K. Dobbins or if he was to have any kind of issues protecting the ball at any certain point, we know that Gus Edwards has shown that he has class ability to perform at an elite level. And in that team, uh, Gus Edwards could easily perform. That could be a steal for you in round 11. Remember that drafts, you know, obviously everyone drafts great players in rounds one through five most of the time, unless you have a real donk in your league. But we know that there was there's not a lot of those players drafting in the FFWC league. But the leagues yeah. are usually won in rounds ten through fifteen. That's really when that that's really what separates the men from the boys. And I think that you really displayed that in your picks of both uh, Gus Edwards as well as getting Tom Brady as QB thirteen. I think it's an absolute steal. Yeah, Raheem Mostert uh, battled some injuries. Me and People do do expect that, uh, you know, he's going to be a timeshare kind of a guy this year, and Sermon is there. The offensive line is one of the better run-blocking offensive lines, and they they, they should uh, take a tick up here. But, look, here's the sleeper. Uh, Jeffrey, I'll let you talk about it. Chris Evans from uh, from Michigan now playing for the Bengals behind Joe Mixon. Yeah, you got, uh, you got a uh, running back in Mixon who likes to get hurt a lot. And I really don't see some Maj P Ryan doing much. So I think Chris Evans has the uh, uh, chance to be a, a real good sleeper to get a lot of playing time this year. Jeffrey, I'm pretty sure I got a Chris Evans uh, nice rookie card here. I'm going to send it to you since he's your sleeper. And uh, Frankie, I don't know if you saw this kid. Um, he never saw starting snaps at Michigan, and he still gained 2,200 yards with 15 touchdowns and 49 catches. Uh, short resume, but he'll be in the mix, man. He's um, no Gio Bernard here, and Mixon has uh, his issues. You got Samaj P. Ryan. You got Chris Evans. There's a real opportunity for a back like Evans to contribute right out of the gate, and he's right. 19th round, this is a stash and cash, Frankie. Yeah, definitely. It, re- it really is definitely a fashion cast. And as you alluded to, we know that Giovanni Bernard is now in Tampa Bay and going to be working out of the backfield with Tom Brady. So there there really is no other fear there. I mean, I'm not sold on anything that we've seen uh, in the first couple of years from Samaji P. Ryan. I'm not, you know, I, I don't think that that's a guy that's really going to scare anything. And I have to give him a lot of credit. Um, I think Evans is one of those players. I have him as one of my deep, deep, deep sleepers, um, if yep. you can get him. Um, I really don't want to talk about him too much and hype him too much because <laughs> I don't want too many people to be focusing on him. So I'm kind of disappointed <laughs> that he's actually talking about him right now and forcing me to talk about him. All I will say okay. is kudos to you. And once again, like I said, draft a one after round uh, 11 through, you know, usually in the bulk here. And, and when you can hit in round 19 or 20 with an absolute steal or a player who emerges, with a significant role at this point and not a player that you're just looking to cut due to injuries or bye week replacements early on, that's when you're looking to really say, you know what, I nailed my draft. And you're probably looking to at a 5-1, and 6-0, and 7-0 oh, start yeah. or one of the teams that's easily going to compete. And a guy like Evans is clearly that pick in round 19. All right. Good luck, Jeff. Thanks for calling in, buddy. And good, uh, good last right, pick there with you. Josh Reynolds, too. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're almost at a wrap, 20, 20 rounds in, Frankie. Uh, there's a couple of other teams that I want to take a look at. Fantasy Noob, again, finished, started, the, started the league or the draft at the three-hole and shocked everybody with Travis Kelsey. Came back with Akers, Hilaire start, okay? We know that's all looking fine and dandy. Now he's got to put together some wide receivers to hold the fort down. And, boy, does he know how to just fire away six straight wide receivers, Frankie. That's what you have to do. If this is your strategy, he, you got to stick to it, and that's exactly what he did. Julio, 
Lockett, Sutton, Judy, Corey Davis, Mike Williams. Forget the players. Everybody's got opinions on players. He nailed the strategy. He stuck to his guns and stuck the strategy. Like you stick the landing, right? Uh, And then he said, okay, I need to be able to have an RB3 here. He fires away at three of them. Henderson, Jamal Williams, Rashad Penny, big upside of Chris Carson misses time. Uh, And then finally gets a quarterback in round 14. A lot of people are talking about this pick, Trey Lance, Frankie. Uh, Some of the best players in the world, some of the top high stakes players in the world are saying, quote unquote, love him. Love him. He's the guy to get. He's the one to take. Trey Lance. What do you think about Trey Lance as a starter in uh, week one of FFWC? I think I totally respect fantasy noob from a fantasy perspective. This is one of the riskiest drafts I've seen <laughs> all summer long. Okay. This can either implode or explode. My early yeah. indications are this team implodes as opposed to explodes. This Trey Lance will be starting um, in week one. I assume that he's thinking to pick up a wave, a quarterback off the sure. waiver wire, which sure. he's probably yeah. going to have to do. Um, right. Some kind of veteran that maybe that's undrafted here. Um, yeah. Maybe you know, maybe maybe he's forced to maybe even pick up uh, your boy Zach Wilson just because he's going to be starting <laughs> in week one. Some some way, some shape, he's going to need a quarterback because I don't envision Lance being the starter. Okay. Uh, like you said, he stuck to the philosophy. We all have a look. On, look, on by the way. Fitzpatrick is still there. Roethlisberger's still there. Carr's still there. Winston's still there. Two is still there. Daniel Jones is still there. I mean, that's the thing about the other, you know, you're still always going to have one. You'll still always have, and he still didn't take one. He's like, eh, if I need one, I need one. I'll pick one up in waivers. Nah, like I said, one. week one, he thinks he'll, he'll, he'll probably go through and look at the waiver wire and, and add that. I mean, obviously that philosophy, well, obviously that philosophy goes out the window if we're talking about a super flex league. Right. Um, but That's this is right. not a super flex league, so he can get away with, with, with trying to, to perform at this, this particular thing. I'm not so sure if Fantasy Noob is going to call in and join us again tonight. I know he joined, called us in, called and joined us a, a couple of times when he drafted. But for me, uh, you know, obviously Julio Jones, tremendous question mark. Tyler Lockett, I love. Cortland Sutton coming off an injury. Jerry Judy, same, same player on the same team. He has only so many balls to go around that Denver offense. Obviously, they'll be having most likely your boy Teddy throwing the ball there. Then we get to Corey Davis and the, and the Jets situation. I'm not so sure which wide receiver you want to trust there. Mike Williams, uh, he's always he's always sort of missed. Cam Akers, I love. Travis Kelsey, I absolutely love. I mean, I guess if you wanted Travis Kelsey that bad, it's the only way you're going to get him um, is to draft him. If you're drafting out of the three-hole, you got to take him in the first round because he's never making it back to you. I'm just not so sure there that that's not – but, but, you know, listen, it's probably maybe a more dependable selection. The thing is, though, was he able to really fill in that lineup the way that you, you talked about? I mean, obviously, from a yellow-green sticker perspective, yes, he stuck to the formula. But will this formulate into success? I'm not so sure. I'm actually going to circle this team and circle back to this team come December. Cause circle I want back. To see circle back. This co- I want to yeah, we'll circle back. Oh, I really want to talk again. I don't want to give too much credit to the person that says that. All Jen Psaki. But anyway. <laughs> but but anyway. In terms of that, though, in, in all honesty, I want to see how this team performs. Because this team is, like I said, this is either implode or explode. There is no, there is no medium here. This is not a middle-of-the-road team. This team is either going to crazily perform 
well, this team is going to crazily bomb. One of the quiet teams uh, that, that won it all last year, uh, LV Raider here, Matt Groth, Kamara, Aaron Jones out of the four hole, gets A-Rob, gets Deontay Johnson, gets Adam Thielen as a three, gets Juju as a four, Robbie as a five, Russell Wilson in the eighth, comes back with your RB3. Maybe some prefer Zach Moss there because of all the good, positive, glowing things. But, you know, nothing wrong with Fournette here. Hig, it's just hard. to He's hit and miss. I don't know which weeks he's going to go off and which weeks he's not, which weeks they're going to let him rest. And then, I mean, is it just an attitude problem or what is it? Is it, a, is it a skill or will issue with Leonard Fournette? I don't think it's skill. I think it's will. Uh, then it's Higby. Okay, Higby is the Matt Stafford uh, check, you know, guy right there. So that's okay. That's your tight end one. Uh, Devin Singletary, Emmanuel Sanders, Gable, uh, Gabriel Davis. Getting great value with Gabriel Davis, um, especially if there's anything to happen to Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen's still going to sling the heck out of the ball. And Gabriel Davis has a chance at being the number two. I know everybody's talking about Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Cole Beasley, what have you. It, it very well could be Gabriel Davis' time uh, in his second season. So a very quiet Kind of a silent assassin kind of a team again, maybe looking to repeat. We already talked about Jonathan Taylor team, Frankie. Um, we like the room at the top, Tom Northrup, Taylor, Harris, Lamb, DJ Moore, Prescott, big upside. Come back to your wide receivers because you got to draft them. Debo hits on Kenyon Drake. Okay, we talked about that. Come back to the wide receivers. You got the Dak Gallup stack now. Get, I'm sorry, Dak Lamb Gallup stack. Okay. Coming for it. Nine Hines, the PPR guy. Henry Ruggs, another explosive guy. Irv Smith looks to be able to hold the fort down as a tight end one this year as a as at the, at the end of the tight end one tiers uh, with, with upside. Kissick, another PPR guy. Look, you know what? Look at this theme he's taking. He's taking explosive receivers, PPR backs, explosive upside tight ends. That's a quietly, quietly well-built uh, squad by Tom Northrup, who has not put in a lot of drafts this year because he's working so much on the evenings. Well, apparently, uh, you know, all work and no play is not really uh, not affecting his ability to draft. I'll tell you that. No. He definitely formulated and structured a great team. And he's got Justin Fields uh, as, a, um, as an upside pick and fires away at some, uh, at some wide receivers late because, you know, you can never have enough of those, I guess. Um, game time with uh, Nick Saponi. Let's talk about it. Austin Eckler, A.J. Brown, J.K. Dobbins we talked about. I know you, 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 you brought up your thoughts about Kyle Pitts uh, in the fourth round, but he gets your guy T. Higgins in the fifth. He gets our guy in the sixth with Trey Sermon. He gets Justin Herbert in the seventh. Jalen Waddell, an explosive upside who Snake was talking about. Others have talked about uh, Jalen Waddell in the eighth. And uh, Zach Moss, A.J. Dillon, Mike Kosicki. Look, that's a pretty good squad, too. I mean, there's nothing wrong. I don't see a lot of holes in that squad, although you could say that that wide receiver three is just not strong enough yet out of the game. Yeah, that that's definitely the the the, the crow right now within that you know in that crux of uh, you know Man. obviously he's going to have a crutch there he's going to have a crutch that you know really to re- rely upon and you're right it, it, can he get that that third wide receiver three this, to really perform? This is what happens when you take tight end and quarterback early and you try to have your RB three cake and eat it too. He did get his mm-hmm. RB three cake Trey Sermon because it's hard to turn down when you're looking at RB three cake like Trey Sermon or potentially a Kareem Hunt almost fell to him, uh, it's hard not to take it. And then so when you took it, you can't then go and take 
Justin Herbert unless you're going to fire at those wide receivers, right? And he grabbed yeah. one, but he just didn't. He, he didn't grab. A, he didn't grab a couple. No, I don't think he did enough there. I think it's a little bit lacking. But like like we always say, where you find lacking, and you, you can go back and see where your shortcomings maybe are, and where you're a little bit lacking, and that's what the waiver wire is for. You're gonna have to nail it. That's right, and 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 at least you know the good thing is you've got the edge at RB three. You've got a good edge on half the league with Justin Herbert, perhaps. And uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, look, it's debatable if you have an edge with Justin Herbert in the seventh uh, over all those other quarterbacks. But, you know, it's nice to have. It's a nice luxury to have Justin Herbert, Kyle Pitts. Uh, resistance is futile. Scott Lawrence and Jim Budzik, they always put together good drafts. Derek Henry, Darren Waller, love it. McLaurin, Cooper Cup, love it. Miles Gaskin, Lamar Jackson, love it. Brandon Cooks, we haven't talked about – I haven't heard his name talked about in – a dozen draft reviews. Uh, Brandon, is he still in the NFL? He's still in the NFL, <laughs> man. And he's got Tyrod Taylor throwing him the ball. And if look, if you're if you're Houston, you're going to be behind without Deshaun Watson. You're going to be throwing in the third and fourth quarters, and you're probably going to be throwing to Brandon Cooks and you know these other guys and Nico Collins. I mean, all these guys, Randall. They're probably all going to get a lot of a lot of garbage time late if they can get anything going uh, with Tyrod Taylor at the helm. Oof. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big Tyrod Taylor guy, so for me, I'm I'm trying to avoid that roster from yeah. a fantasy perspective, like the yeah, plague. Yeah. yeah, everybody is. The Houston ADP is the is the lowest of any team, I believe. Um, we can hear Frankie typing away on his keyboard. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, about I, that. I, I yeah, I can't even think with you typing like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it, it's just because it's breaking news, fantasy news coming across the wire. Oh, okay. Okay, what is it? What is it? Tell us. Uh, that well, there, there's 12 legitimate teams that in this draft that have a chance to hoist the whole entire trophy uh, from the uh, FFWC in the online oh. championship league. Okay, for sure, <laughs> absolutely for sure. Uh, you win the online championship, you get a seat at the world championship. You win, the, and then uh, you're sitting in Vegas uh, with all of us uh, goofballs, with all the party and the drinking and losing, and uh, all the good. Uh, the, the 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 food spread that we do um, it's it's a fun fun time I hope you guys can make it out it's it's it definitely should be on your bucket list and once it's on your bucket list you'll Without make it every single year you'll um, you'll find a way uh, okay Frankie it's time to pick the team to beat here it's time to pick the team to beat uh, um, I think you already For me, it's have easy. sort of the, I, 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 I already know squad. exactly where I'm going. Go ahead. I'm going right. I have one team that stands out above the rest. Mm-hmm. Crypto Monkeys. Okay. Yep. I, I know you love Ayuk as your four and the way the team was mm-hmm. put together. You were just alluding to it. But, you know, Justin Adam Troutman and Blake Jarwin is your tight end. You're okay with that? Yeah, oh, definitely. I think Adam Troutman definitely. is one of the guys that you really want to target in those late rounds because you want to avoid putting up that blue sticker early from your draft board position and look to target guys like Adam Troutman later on. Okay. Hmm. Well, there's uh, several teams that I'm looking at. And, again, you have to think about how to navigate the FFWC waters, right? The FFWC waters are tough. They're shark-infested. And you have to have the depth to make it out. And and that's the key, right? If you if, Do you have the depth? And, I, look – there's a lot of there's a lot of teams here, but but I think 
the team that just put everything together that didn't that that I don't see any glaring holes. There's a, I mean, there's a, you're there's gonna a couple go, you're of gonna them. Go, you're going to go – I say you go with – if I had a pick, to <laughs> me, if I think who you're going to go with, <laughs> I, I'm going to say uh, – for me, I, I think you might either go resistance is or game time. Yeah, close. Close. But I think game time has questions at his wide receiver three. You know, that's, okay. that's why I said yep. you can't I have agree. questions that you can't have questions at wide receiver three. And then if you have questions at wide receiver three, that means you have questions at wide receiver four and five, right? Um, so that means you, that so, means you're going for the you're going for old reliable old sleeper. You're going LV Raider. LV Raider, LV Raider, Matt Groth. Look, I like that's why I said it. I think it's just kind of sleepy, sneaky, sleepy, sneaky. Kamara, Aaron Jones, A. Rob, Deontay, Thielen, Juju, Robbie. Maybe it doesn't have enough pizzazz for me. Yeah, you know, you like to have something in that pizzazz, some our chase to get you excited, something to wake you up with a Brandon Ayuk or a T. Higgins, you know. But I don't see a team that's trying to do that. Um, and surf, I'm looking at surf and turf. I really like Dalvin Cook, Antonio Gibson. That wakes me up in the morning. Michael Thomas, DJ Chark, Chase Claypool. Okay, Michael Pittman. Okay. Hawkinson, Murray, Surf and Turf's right up there too. John Ross, well done on that draft. Uh, it's a good league. It's a good league. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be fun to watch. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited and thankful that you guys chose to do it. Uh, I love doing this podcast with you guys, especially you, Frankie, coming on and, and just knowing how to break down any single thing I throw at you. You've got it uh, dialed in already, and we're only in mid-July. And uh, you guys got to take on Frankie in these leagues, man. He's, uh, he's a beast, and he's one of the best fantasy players around his record stacked up with the best and if you haven't seen it um if you haven't seen him in one of your leagues um yet i'm sure you will soon frankie good (laughs) to talk to you my man vegaswhispers.com and si.com slash betting or gambling is it gambling gambling si.com backslash gambling and si.com backslash fantasy as well both of those are right there and don't forget as well guys you know if you're looking for those fantasy props during the regular season as well as you know some really sharp bets on the nfl season college football anything that you may be looking for pga tennis you know we have it all ufc you name it we have some of the best information you can find vegaswhispers.com we got a special right now going for an og um, so if you want to really jump in right now, the OG monthly special is only $30, $30 a month, which literally breaks down to a dollar a day to get some of the best Vegas betting information there is on yeah. the market, and that's an absolute steal. You're going to want to get in on that because that deal is going to definitely expire. So if you're looking, if yeah. you're one of those guys who's definitely looking to bet as well or looking for prop bets, make sure you hit up VegasWhispers.com. Yeah, it's a $200 monthly package that uh, is going for right now $30 to help reboot it. With, uh, with the team, and uh, very, very thankful to have, uh, have you uh, leading the helm, uh, you and Casey uh, and Darren running the, uh, running the Vegas Whisper Show. All right, guys, that's it for Red versus Blue. Thank you to all the drafters. Thank you to Roy, uh, facilitating a great draft. It looks like it went very smooth from what I could tell. And uh, thank you to Mike uh, with, with the software. Uh, it's been running. It's the best draft room, I think, in the industry. I love it, and it has all the tools for you. We'll see you guys next week for Red vs. Blue 3. It's the final Red vs. Blue of the year. Frankie Fantasy at Frankie Fantasy on Twitter and at Scott Fantasy on Twitter. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to 
Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.